feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the 100th episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved eric marchin did you say what's up every belly <laughs> i i i love that you know we i'm perfect over 99 episodes eric oh flawless flawless, flawless victory. never never made a mistake once never had to re-record anything never had to redo an intro never had to actually what is true none of that is true um no no uh internet uh failures nothing you know. no problems with the internet or technology or anything ever um one thing i will say is like knock on wood we've never lost a full episode <laughs> <laughs> as i say that and we're probably this will be corrupted and this will be like just completely the worst episode ever your quality will be like four pixels there'll be a big dead pixel in the center of the screen like our shang chi trailer eric happy trailer or uh screening happy 100 episodes we're on video so i'm cheers. celebrating cheers with a mountain dew baja punch special edition i'm um, celebrating with some cold water because i'm still very dehydrated from uh this afternoon uh walking around uh that's the not toronto so area uh um, so it was you know, hot it, it was, was hot. it was so yeah. hot and i just kind of you know when you've been outside for a period of time and you're just exhausted afterwards yeah. i just feel completely zonked and like it's the worst time to feel that way when we're doing our 100th episode. Yeah. And guess what, guys? We have no plan. We have absolutely no plan. We're on but video. You know hey, everybody. You, you hey, know what, though? Wave Even... at the camera, Eric. Hey, we're all hey. on video. Having said that, I have to give you a lot of props because what you don't see is that Matt over the the weekend was literally tinkering with uh, different intros and uh, new graphics and settings and, and just kind of rebranding uh, uh, the site as a whole over the last few weeks as well. I mean, you, you've seen it on, you know, our social media. And, and so it's our not that we haven't done anything. We just don't have any real plans for the actual show, which I think actually is fitting in tradition oh, yeah. for what this show is. Because if you have listened to any of uh, the 99 episodes, episodes previously kind of first of all right <laughs> thank you yes, uh thank you. thirdly I, i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> uh and, why? and and yeah because like i mean usually our show uh, our, our our minimum length is like two hours and 20 minutes um, this will be our shortest episode <laughs> yeah li we're, we're literally just you know gonna die on the vine here um but yeah it's it's been one of those things where we probably you know, in the before times would have gotten to our hundredth episode Faster, sooner. Yeah. Yeah. But given what's going on and how consistent we've been with the untitled movie reviews, please go subscribe. We just put up a Shang-Chi uh, review, both on YouTube and podcast services. Now we, like I said, we're on video, which is like the one big thing that we're kind of doing. Eric mentioned we rebranded everything. That's also a big thing, but YouTube and video. So think of this as like a pilot, uh program or pilot week where we're still tweaking things something and we don't might, get picked up <laughs> uh yeah some things might mess up we are planning on consistently doing this and putting things up on youtube um but uh i forget what i was saying <laughs> what but no no, no no it's 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 still like even though yes this is this is a milestone for the untitled movie podcast oh, we would have got there faster yeah we would have gotten there faster 
but we got there. You know, we're we're the tortoise in the, the in the race. You know, slow and steady wins the 250 race. Two hundred and fifty plus reviews over on that channel. Right, so. right, and and we've been more consistent there, and and even more so with you know untitled movie conversations. But those are for special occasions when you know we can yeah. schedule things and and get guests and and what have you. And, and we've been not good, Eric. Not good. What what flavor is it? It's like a new Baja Punch. It's like a fruit punch Mountain Dew. You're an um, early adopter of new technology, and you're an early adopter of trash horrible foods. trash food. <laughs> yeah. um, I know you you tweeted a little bit about it, but what was your experience like with the mac and cheese Cheetos? <laughs> we should have done – our first review on video should have been a video review of Flamin' Hot Cheetos mac and cheese because it was fucking awful. And you know me. like I like garbage. Uh, anyways, yeah, we're celebrating 100 episodes. We're very grateful for everyone. Uh, we would have done this uh, sooner, but like Eric said, we kind of, um, you know, we took some time off during the pandemic. We did it bi-weekly, sometimes once every three weeks, but we are back on a weekly schedule, going to be up on YouTube, going to be up on podcast services every Monday. Right in time for TIFF. It might, Yeah, right in time for TIFF. We're going to cover the entire Toronto International Film Festival like we do every year. We're going to have multiple reviews per week in video and podcast format. Uh, so yeah, it's more work. Yeah, but it's fun. I, I've enjoyed doing everything and um, I, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. And it's been a great, we're celebrating our third anniversary going into our fourth year uh, of this show. Uh, but I mean, Eric and I have known each other for a decade now. Um, we've done other podcasts, movie monarchy over on movie night, which was my old website that I created as well as Toronto film scene podcast for like one episode before, you know, we were told we were swearing too much. And classic. Then, uh, and too classic long us. as well. And too long. Yeah. Too long was the other one. Yeah. Which we haven't changed. And so, you've been on uh, um, uh, cinema scene on Rogers TV oh, yeah, plenty yeah. of times. I mean, yeah. you're going to be on the next episode yeah. Uh, as as the fall um, preview and, and TIFF preview. So, so and, and kind of funny. I mean, you're, you oh, yeah. have been making Shout so many them, more yeah. uh, appearances on kind of funny and have also been bringing kind of funny hosts onto this show. And we also thank anybody um, that we've had on uh, both the conversations and, and the on the show. regular show. And anyone who know. shot us a message. But anyways, back to what's important, Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Uh, thank you, everyone. <laughs> um, uh, Flamin' Hot Cheetos mac and cheese. Eric, I love trash foods. I talk about it on social media and other things. I almost think we should just do trash food reviews here on the channel as well. <laughs> um, just add that. Just call it Untitled Movie Reviews, but sometimes we review Mountain Dew Fruit Punch. Um, Flamin' Hot Cheetos mac and cheese was one of the most vile things I've ever tasted in my life. It was disgusting. It was this – like I love Flamin' Hot the brand right like i don't know are you a fan of flaming hot the brand do you like a flaming hot cheeto do you i like mean that? i i i like spicy food in general and i've sort of gained a appreciation over the last i would say 10 years or so sure um in terms of you know what i love about spicy food and i think the big misconception is that it, it just makes food hot it actually adds flavor to it um not when done that, properly i'd really yes. rate jerk wings yeah. at harvest in brooklyn uh, Ontario, not Brooklyn, New York. Um, and they were great because they were uh, intensely spicy, but like flavorful, which is exactly right. what you're talking about. Flamin' Hot can be one way or the other. I got a bag of Flamin' Hot Smart Food, like, you know, Smart Food White Cheddar Popcorn. They had Flamin' Hot Smart Food excellent most flaming hot things excellent so i'm like you know what i'm a trash person person i need to try uh cheetos mac and cheese what i wasn't prepared for because like craft dinner 
is a staple here in Canada. And if you're not Canadian, it's just Kraft macaroni and cheese. But for some reason, it's just called Kraft dinner here. It's just well, talking to Tarantino um, about Kraft dinner. Uh, when I was when I was talking to him at the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, uh, sort of press mingle afterwards he didn't know what i was talking about when i said craft dinner no no they wouldn't right because it's just craft mac and cheese if you say craft dinner people are gonna look like you're like out of your mind and um so craft mac and cheese craft dinner has a specific you know flavor profile you know in a pinch i'm not against having a a box of kd um it's not bad i actually kind of like craft dinner so do i and so i'm like you know what it's gonna taste like that but spicy no I smelled this thing and it smelled <laughs> like a bag of Cheetos, which I was not prepared for. Like Cheeto cheese is much different than a macaroni and cheese KD kind of like thing. And I think it was just like the instant I smelt it and it's this red, this bright red that most Flamin' Hot products are, which works on like a potato chip, but not on a bowl of pasta. <laughs> that like it's it was so disgustingly red. Um, and the smell was so distinctly Cheetos, which I guess makes sense because it's Cheetos mac and cheese. But when you, it's like eating a bowl of wet Cheetos, right? Like, and you, like, (laughs) and you put, I I put one in my mouth and I'm like, this is absolutely disgusting. And there's not many things where I will just flat out, um, be like, I can't eat this. Like I ate two noodles and I made Nevis and I made my sister Sarah, uh, try one. And we were all like, this is absolutely disgusting but what about the taste did it taste like cheetos or did it have like a weird taste because it almost sounds like it had a weird taste but smelt like cheetos but like sort of had that cheeto like if you like literally took the cheese powder off a cheeto and put it onto wet noodles and like and it was kind of like you know you turned it into a liquid (laughs) because it almost sounds like it was less to do with the taste than almost more with like a psychological kind of thing where you're looking at it and you're thinking like you know when you eat something or you bite into something and it takes you by surprise because you're thinking it's going to taste or be yes, this one way. And then when psychologically- you bite into something or you take a sip of a, uh, it's a root beer, but you wanted a Coca-Cola or something, right? Yeah. Like, and it turns like you that. off, not necessarily yeah. because it's bad, but because it's not what your, your, your mind and body were expecting. That, to ob- that could be it. Cause ingest. I could have Katie on the mind. So when I went in, I'm like, this is not craft dinner. It's not just spicy craft dinner. Um, so anyways, it was terrible. So welcome to the one titled movie podcast, everyone. Um, each and every week, Eric and I uh, get together. We talk about the entertainment industry, what we've been watching, um, what movie trailers are out, what's in the news. We talk about life. We talk about Cheetos. We talk about sodas. I'm out. I don't want to finish this Mountain Dew, so I might have to go get a Coke Zero. So I'll let Eric talk about something in a moment but uh if you're new to the show um we just kind of shoot the shit we're just two best friends who like talking about movies uh usually for way too long um usually these shows are like two hours plus uh we try to go oh we're only gonna go an hour we're only gonna go an hour and a half but we end up uh talking uh for a very very long time um also we don't have anything planned for the 100th episode i just thought we'd talk about you know eric and i have known each other for 10 years uh we've been podcasting now what feels like for a long ass time. Cause like movie night feels like an eternity ago. And that would have been in the early two thousands. Cause I remember talking about on 
one of our first episodes, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And we were talking about the news of that they were making a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, right? Yeah, and then and we like, laughed at that because the idea of a raccoon, talking tree and, and a raccoon, raccoon. Yeah, yeah. And so we've been doing this for a while, and um, you know, this is a new iteration of it. I mean, a hundred episodes is nothing. Uh, is like is nothing to you know shake a what's the saying? I don't know. Shake a fist at that. Yeah, like it's still impressive, but um we're still in our infancy you know compared yeah. to other podcasts that we also like podcasts like you know i've been listening to film junk for well, Set since a 2009 world, world record yeah which longest, is the longest yeah. running podcast we'll and, beat and, them one day <laughs> no never um but but you yeah you you look at like a milestone uh like this for us and it being an independently produced production we're still willing to sell out butterfingers you yeah, know butterfinger anyone uh mount yeah. dew i know i just told you your baja fresh was uh, uh yeah baja flaming hot cheetos flaming hot cheetos i know i just shit i wonder how the cheese. uh the eva longoria uh it just wrapped production that was uh, a news thing biopic is gonna compare to, to your experience cheese, eating yeah. the mac and cheese although that i mean has some interesting controversy because i think the creator of that isn't actually oh, flaming hot it yeah. is flaming hot which i was just talking about right like i yeah. think it's like flaming hot cheetos that's what the movie's about like didn't the guy who created it like accidentally like he just mixed some chemicals or something and like which i think is how I, like, most things are yeah. made when it comes to like fast food products or or anything that's sort of you know bagged in, in in grocery stores like i feel like cheetos themselves were just a bunch of chemicals put together and it's like oh it kind of tastes like processed cheese yeah 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 what but it's doing? really, really unhealthy for you. It's awful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Eric, I thought we'd talk about like do you Firehouse remember, Subs. Um, I'm gonna talk about Firehouse Subs. Oh, we did subs. go to Firehouse Subs today and shout out people who are American are probably like, we've had that forever. Um, it's new to Canada. Okay? Don't take this away from we, us. Americans. We get things like 10 years after they come out in the US, and then we're like, wow, Firehouse Subs, pretty good. And um, we had that for lunch today, which Eric was introduced to. I he was shit talking subs because I was like, I want a sub for lunch on the way. Well, home. specifically Mr. And sub. That's what I was I was no one will get unless you're Canadian. And yeah. I don't even know if it's all around Canada or if it's just like an Ontario thing. Um, uh, Mr. Sub is terrible. Subway. It's the coffee time of uh, uh, a Subway chat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why people come to this show for the esoteric uh, references. Canadian references. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Yeah, I got a nice pastrami corned beef sub. It was called a, what was it? A New York steamer or something. (laughs) Yeah, it almost sounds like uh, uh, Skinner's version of um, burgers. Yeah, yeah. You got a nice classic Italian sub. It was delicious. And, and man, I gotta say, like <laughs> I don't I don't seek out subs in terms of, you know, like fast food or, yeah. or, or like if I'm if I'm ordering takeout, but after having this firehouse sub, I, like Firehouse sub, if you want to endorse this podcast, well, imagine, please, please. Yeah. Um, uh, but no. but after that, it, it like even you said you said this perfectly. You said that like, you know, you you liked Quiznos, but this is even better than that. Quiznos, good toasted sub. Firehouse sub, great toasted sub, everybody. Eric, do you remember we met in the lineup? Let's just go through our history. That's something to talk about on this 100th episode. I don't know if we've talked about it on a show before. Um, I mean, I have a lot of great memories when it comes to movies and the people I've met in my life. Like I, I could tell the whole story about how I met Nevis at, at the film festival. And it's a great story that I'll, uh, I've probably told before. But the way that we Earl met, Morris brought you together. The unknown true. known really it was um uh you know a canceled screening of another sort of problematic french filmmaker um 
You're that, talking about uh, Xavier Dolan, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Tom at the farm specifically. Yeah, Tom at the farm. Um, I met Nevis. That's a story for another day. Love you, Nevis. Thank you for all your support. You're amazing. Um, Nevis. Uh, Eric and I, we met in the lineup for Drive in 2011, right? It was. No, no, no. no it wasn't for Drive. It was for another movie. Uh, at oh, you Ryerson. were going to Ryerson, and we talked about Drive. Yes, because you had gone to Comic Con, and but am saw I correct Drive. that it was in 2011? Yes. Yeah, so that's because a, it's ten because years. That's, how, that's pretty wild too. Yeah, because that's how I remember it. Because that was the first conversation we had. Was I was asking you what you thought of Drive, having seen it at Comic Con, and you were sitting, um, like, so for for people that don't know, uh, during TIFF, Ryerson Theater is one of or yeah, is one of the main venues, and um, there's kind of like a garden. Um, and a little bit of like a, a level where you can sit and you were kind of sitting there stoop. stoop. Yeah. Um, and probably the best lineup spot at TIFF. Uh, we had a mutual friend, uh, Carl Lachinsky, Mm -hmm. um, who introduced us. Yes. Yes. Uh, and so through that, we, we talked a little bit and then, uh, I cold called you uh, oh God, I think yeah. like months later. We, yeah. I remember this very distinctly. Yeah. We talked about drive in this lineup and um, you know, at TIFF you meet tons of people in lineups and talk to people or mutual friends. And I'm thinking, I'm never going to see this fucking chump ever again. Um, then, I was just, uh, wow, okay. somehow I, you know, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but somehow I'm sitting in the living room of my parents' house and I get this call from this random ass number and I'm like, who the fuck is calling me? And uh, answer it. And you're like, hello. I'm like, hi. You're like, is this Matt Rohrbeck? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hey, it's Eric. We met in a lineup uh, at TIFF like a couple months ago or maybe a month ago. I don't know how long it was. Um, You're like, I do a TV show for Rogers TV. Would you like to come on and be a guest? And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Who is this? um and i think that's what happened right do you remember yeah. calling me you just called yeah no I, I remember calling you because i needed a guest for the show and at that point um i was doing where was i writing even was it movie night at that point no or were you doing something for like tribute? another outlet oh Maybe, i was no tribute no, was tribute right was before later. yeah like it was like we were already friends because i was sleeping on yeah. your couch in my oh yeah <laughs> that was when i met that nevis. was a great story I, where, where where the the year that you met nevis that you were crashing at uh my brother kyle and i uh had a place yeah and i remember one morning kyle and i got dropped off by my, my i stepfather. stayed there by myself you guys were and we walk in i'm just <laughs> in my underwear and you're just sprawled out so like this hot, adonis I think. Like, I, I think it was so hot like but your brother had a great air conditioner which was wonderful <laughs> and that was the night after i met nevis i think because yeah and you were, and you were, um, no, I the met can- Adriana at, I met Adriana who is, for the first who is time. also a co-host of who intru- uh, movie night as who well. Intru- movie monarchy. Yeah. Uh, yeah who movie, intru- movie monarchy, who introduced me to Nevis and I met Adriana that night. So if I didn't stay at your house that night in my underwear, um, I went out in the rain. I remember to a film. Remember those pub nights that they used to do at the office pub, like film, yeah. cr- film critics pub night in Toronto. And, um, very unlike me now being a 32 year old to want to go talk to a bunch of people. I don't know about movies. You can Um, tell that we're very antisocial. No, I I love everyone we see at at screenings and stuff like that. But um, at that time you just sat at a bar, got drunk and, and, you know, talked about movies and that sounded appealing at the time. And I met Adriana there, but yeah, it was a good way to to network, right? It was, I met my future wife through a connection I made at that pub night. So it was great. Don't get me wrong. And then I was in my underwear and you guys came home, but anyways, back to the, 
Kyle and I just that. I just remember Kyle and I just looked at each other, which is like <laughs> Yeah, I know. That was weird. Um But you, you were just... burning the candle at both ends that year. Like I remember you were literally nonstop working for tribute, doing interviews when you're and a then spry twenty four year old. <laughs> Yeah, and then hanging out with Nevis afterwards and, and going out at night and then, like, maybe sleeping, like, two or three hours. But that was the year where, like, you did interviews for Blue is the Warmest Color. You did an interview with, yeah, with uh, <laughs> you know, for the Lunchbox, which is really a, a, a wonderful. Irfan Khan, I got to interview. Interview uh, uh, Denny Villeneuve for Enemy, who he yeah, really liked your shoes. My shoes, yeah. I'll always remember that. Two encounters with Denny Villeneuve, which is uh, – uh there and he sat beside us at that first man screening at the Cinesphere. right i talked to him i talked to him about um maelstrom um at uh the critics choice award uh one year and he was like oh you're one of the only people that liked that movie (laughs) (laughs) you know what sure um so anyways eric called me asked me to do rogers tv and then um i think after that is when we started uh, you know i started doing your show more regularly and i was probably doing some sort of movie stuff at that time um or we just joked about because i was always the movie guy or movie dude like that i think you at least had the idea of movie night or i might have been writing here and there or like i had rohrbeck review which is what i was writing on like you know fucking tumblr or whatever geocities that you would make back in the day um and I had that when I was in college and um, hopefully scrubbed that from the internet. Um, Cause God, what my opinions were probably back then. And then um, I just remember, yeah, I think it's cause I went to TIFF every year and you were even a, you were a bigger movie guy than even I was. I mean, um, I think we're both huge movie people obviously. And we talk about why we compliment one, one and another on the show or each other on the show. But um, I just remember I was going to TIFF every year with Mike Muntz, a friend of mine as well. And uh, I know you went every year and you would connect with, you know, Carl or other people or things like that. So it just uh, made sense for you to give me a shout. And then um, I forget what the first thing we actually, it was Rogers TV. And then I guess I started movie night and that's when I kind of asked you to contribute or uh, podcast with me, which podcasts weren't even super popular back then. But um, I mean, they were. But not like what I feel they are now. But they're not as they're, they weren't considered a legitimate resource for uh, content of any kind. Like they were I will, more considered a hobby than anything else. And right? I will like say, like novelty. you mentioned, kind of funny. And and shout out to those guys. They've always been, you know, a huge inspiration for me. And like I, they give me so many hours of entertainment. And and they've been so you know amazing to you know ask me to come on their shows and they've come on ours and things like that because i remember listening to greg miller on uh because my first passion really was weirdly video games before it was movies and then uh, i listened i was on ign all the time and i listened to their podcast because they got into podcasts really early so they had a playstation podcast and i was always a playstation guy so i listened to podcast beyond which greg miller hosted for the longest time while he was still there and that was my introduction and my love for podcasting kind of came from that show and the lost podcast. So the lost podcast was the first after show I'd ever listened to where it was Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof, like after episodes of lost or a, a bankable group of lost episodes, they would go on and, and talk about them in the Easter eggs and, and everything and the creation of them and things like that. So I got really into podcasting 
then and um then that's why we started uh moving or i started movie night and um i've been trying to you know break in ever since and i think you know uh we both and we're still trying today (laughs) i know trying to get paid at least consistently but um it's something we really love doing and i think that's why we've stayed at it and like i've had many jobs you know which again my film criticism career has um like this is some huge thing like oh my my career it's a hundred episodes of a podcast whatever but but i mean you've been doing work within the the industry and and the specific Uh, this is my most proud thing i've ever done is these shows that we've done like and i'm saying like we've both grown as critics and and you know and and film journalists or whatever you want to call us like seeing you know us go for our rinky dink things back 10 years ago when we first met where you know i mean you've grown your rogers thing going from uh what was the original show's call called uh, the, uh, it was called it was the like film slate which slate, is all, yeah, but but even then, before then like quickly just kind of venturing yeah, off there so i i have yeah. been working um so i've been a film critic since high school um and my i have a 15 year anniversary coming up um this october because the first review i ever did on uh, a show called daytime uh was the departed on rogers tv and that was because of um producer judy kalo you know we talked about movies for about 20 minutes or so and she knew that i had this obsession that was going to annoy that encyclopedia yeah that was going to annoy the hell out of everybody so she's like you know what like let's you know we're looking we were we're kind of looking for somebody to do that and then so that's kind of where i got my first exposure to you know doing the whole sort of on camera thing and Mm -hmm. then like having watched a couple older episodes um back i think like maybe five ten years ago now um you can tell like you know you you get more comfortable as you move on and i think that's the same thing with with even doing something like this where you know we're not perfect by any means there's always going to be stumbles or forgetting somebody or or mispronunciation (laughs) or, or something but i think as long as you keep going and the most important thing here is consistency you know like we never gave up yeah yeah and 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 as long as you like what you're doing like we don't consider this work like yeah we're 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 it's a passion project professional and we're i I guess we are sometimes taken seriously by outlets because they invite us to movie screenings and both in the critics choice association yeah Yeah. and so there have been these really wonderful sort of milestones within those 10 years that aren't even just you know celebrating 100 episodes of this show like it's just you know anybody that wants to get into this industry and we've probably talked about this before it it has to be your passion because it does not pay (laughs) yeah Uh, you know like and 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 i'm not saying that i would want to be paid thousands and millions of dollars to do this it's just that like if you if you love this and you have not even a drive but an obsession to just like matt and i talk about movies ad nauseum even when we're not doing this recording so it just made sense to do this record it for a couple hours per week yeah and we never had the expectation and still don't that anybody is listening or now watching you know we we're always no one's watching who knows but it's fine that's again it goes back to what eric just said like you gotta love it you gotta have a passion for it and like if one person's listening that's almost all i need i'm like if i have if this brings some enjoyment to one person uh i'm happy and like i again yes it would be lovely if someone wanted to sponsor the show or if eric and and i could be paid 
you know, a full-time amazing wage to just constantly do this. Or Mountain constantly. Dew presents yeah. Untitled Movie Podcast. Or if a unicorn job pops up that was like, we want you to do exactly what you're doing, but for us or something like that. Like, that's the dream. But like, you know, if that dream doesn't come, that's totally fine because I'm having a blast doing this. And and sure, we could make money. We could put ads on. We can, And maybe we will one day. Um but, you know, in this first three years, we've just enjoyed doing it and it gives us some opportunities that we wouldn't have been able to get. And yeah, we, you know, both getting in the Critics' Choice Association, that growth there, you getting on Rotten Tomatoes was a huge deal to me even personally. Like, uh, and I'm obviously it's such a huge accomplishment for you. It's so silly, but it is like something that just it's nice for someone to acknowledge the hard work, right? And that like, it legitimizes you know, it, yeah, it, it, the you know, outlet like, and you. Like it makes you feel that you're you're not like you never go into this thinking like, oh, I want to be, you know, validated in a sense of like, I want to be the best film critic out there or, or like no. I, I should have, you know, access to everything. Like we, we're coming from this in in the point of view that like, you know, everything we, we, we have gotten, we, we worked extremely hard for, but at the same time, we don't take it for granted because if you take it for granted, then, you know, like it, it's just nice to know that sometimes the work is people care enjoy or at least it, yeah. enjoy it or are amused by it in some way or another, even if they don't watch or look or to you to a full like, episode. Again, I mean, why I listen to people or you listen to film junk, you find people e who either, yeah, you find some enjoyment in, or you, you tend to agree with a lot of the stuff that they're saying. And sometimes you want to listen to people you don't agree with. Or you with, don't like, exactly. And yeah. I think that's as healthy as well, because sometimes it's good to have a perspective that, perspective, that you yeah. disagree with, but at the same mm. time you can find you know, a, a legitimate form of criticism there that is something you can mm -hmm. agree with, even though you don't agree with, you know, their opinion. Or maybe you something like, you didn't even realize, right? Like, you, yeah, like, oh, you know what? I respect what that person is saying because I find that that makes criticism a more healthy space to have a conversation with. In. Mm -hmm. And all forms of criticism, because I've been a big proponent on this show that my style is very different than Eric's style, who is very different than you know the the academic style who's very different than x style like again i come from i mean we're all striving to be gene shallot um yeah, and and really, be as punny as possible really that's who you are maybe but you know <laughs> i just love movies and i think i you know i went to film school i'm not bullshitting anyone and not just pretending i know anything but like it's just um I love movies. I watch a lot of movies. I like sharing that with people. I love talking about that. So then that's kind of where all of this has come from. And I don't care if I make one penny or one person listens to or a million dollars and a million people listen to us. I would love a million dollars. Please give me a million dollars. Um, so I'll yeah. sell out right now. <laughs> And again, it's led to other opportunities. I've worked in marketing. I've worked at a streaming service. I've worked at other things. I, and not all know, great experiences like, as well. No, like, not either. I think and like, that, that's, that's also too. important yeah. to know because, yeah, like this has always been a constant for us both, but we've had ups and downs in, you know, our, our personal lives and careers. And yeah. And, and it's not like everything has been sort of, you know, wine and roses when it comes to this podcast opening doors for us. Cause it hasn't been, you know, like we struggle like anybody else in terms of, you know, you have to sometimes fight for things and you still have to, you know, um, put your, your best foot forward and, and, and find different ways of uh, having conversations with people that, 
might not know who you are or might not consider you on the same level as someone else. And there is there is a hierarchy uh, when it comes to uh, the way that film criticism works from the perspective of PR people and studios. And it's not necessarily a person's fault for doing that. You can never get, I think the one thing that you always have to remember is you have to treat everybody the way that you want to be treated. And yeah, that, that's you know, the biggest thing. If we're you, giving you any need advice. To, yeah. You need to look at like, when you, when you hear no from somebody, that's okay. It doesn't mean that your work is any less. It, yeah. It's just that, you know, maybe they don't think you're there yet, but it's or not necessarily that one person. There could be person. many reasons. It's just like uh, move on and, and keep doing this because you love doing it. Keep and building like, and then yeah, come back, you know. Exactly. Anyways, we don't need to get too hung up on all that. But again, we we very much appreciate anyone who's listened, anyone who's watching right now. Um, uh, I'm so thrilled with everything that, you know, uh, we've done on this show and on the review show, like doing 250 plus 260 i think we just hit reviews uh just over 260 you guys can check out our shang chi review on youtube and podcast services and many more reviews over on untitled movie reviews that channel so we do two to three reviews sometimes per week if not more um, and that doesn't include um festival festivals, seasons yeah. where like in the last you know mm-hmm. a silver lining for the pandemic is that many festivals including uh tiff this year and last year um is that there was a virtual component and that we were available or we were able and and they were available films were available to us um to stream on various platforms so we had the opportunity to cover you know uh movies that played at sundance films that played at tribeca a couple of movies that played at south by southwest tiff and Mm -hmm. those opportunities you know we don't take like lightly either we we are are so grateful to be considered and uh, accredited for those and you know when when we spend two weeks of the year uh, at the beginning of september (laughs) you know doing this even if it is uh an adjustment from what it used to be you know we're we're still looking forward to it because you know we get to see stuff not only in advance but we we get to actually sort of experience have this communal experience that is still somewhat missing since the pandemic. Oh, I uh, think this podcast, you know, was born at TIFF. My marriage was born at TIFF. Like I owe a lot to that festival and I feel like TIFF is our, you know, we joke TIFF miss Christmas, like TIFF miss. Um, And our, I think our year ends and begins with, you know, the Toronto international film festival. And it is like, I think it's our, you know, we do the most coverage. We go wild with it every single year, at least on this show. And even when we weren't doing this show, you and I would buy, whether it was uh, I'm covering it for another outlet or we would buy a, a you know, industry, a, a industry badge or I'd buy even back in the day filling out the 30 30 40 tickets that we would get public tickets. And like, do you remember those th- that time? Where I still like, have them somewhere, oh, man. I kept it or my parents kept it. I have one where you had to fill out by hand with the check mark. Where it sound like, I mean, there's people way older than us probably that are like guys. When I it was, was the festival of like, festivals. Yeah. yeah. But for me, like I, I, there were a few years where I filled it out on paper and it's obviously so much easier now. And, and we've been, I'm so you know grateful that we were able to cover, you know, as media or industry for the last, I mean, this is your first year as a true, you know, media, which is just, uh, I mean, that's so 
I'm so proud about that too, because like, um, I think you've deserved it for a long ass time and you probably could have gotten it earlier. It was just the convenience of you not having to worry. So you just got the, the industry badge. Cause it's always like, again, we go back to no one owes us anything. So when you no. submit to a festival or anything, there is a chance you will not get in. I did not get into TIFF last year. Um, uh, through media and that's totally okay i'm like you know what it's up to them they only had a certain amount of things like again no one owes us anything we're just grateful when people include us or offer us you know opportunities or pre-screenings and stuff like that like if they don't want to that's totally fine eric there's so many reviews we do or things we talk about on the show that we pay out of our own pocket and like um again all the stuff on the back end as well but um, I just think like, I'm just so grateful we're able to do this and, and, uh, I do it as a passion project. And even when I work a full-time job or, um, like right now, I, I mean, I was very open on a previous episode about my mental health issues, leaving my job and things like that. And like, I'm lucky to be able to do this and focus on this right now, but I will have to, you know, uh, this doesn't pay the bills. So I'm going to eventually have to go back and, um, you know, work, uh, at something that's, you know, might be in this industry might not be, and that's totally okay. Do I I'll still continue to do this show? Will it change a little bit? Maybe based on, you know, I'll have to do it in the evenings and, and, and stuff like that, but we'll make it work. And I, we always have made it work. And like, I had to take, it's a about break. adapting, right? Yeah. I had to take a couple year break that I really realized I missed it when I went to go work at show me. And, um, I couldn't like, because I was working for a streaming service, I felt like there was a conflict of interest doing a podcast or like reviewing content, which right now thinking back on it, I probably could have kept doing it, but, um, I, felt like I couldn't do it anymore. And I left film criticism because I needed to, you know, find a real job. And, uh, unfortunately I think that was a mistake and I really missed it. Um, and that's why ultimately, uh, when I left and went to Rogers, that's when I hit you up again. And I'm like, we got to do something again. And, um, I remember it was born in August, three years ago, right before TIFF. And I'm like, we just got to start a podcast again, dude. And I'm like, we'll just do it easy. Like I will make the, the cheapest, album art possible <laughs> like we were like we'll just make it like a script format like you know untitled you know draft right like you're writing a, a movie it's an untitled movie and you're writing the first draft of the script so everything can look like a movie script that way well it's savvy it's marketing all... on your part too because when people you know what you told me is that people when they're researching or, or looking we'll up something... search for movie podcast so seo learn that working for marketing teams um marketer Send Matt of the a year. check if you uh if you succeed uh, in that seo uh, i mean our friends daniel and 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 the team over at the movie podcast i feel like they ripped us off just kidding guys um do the same thing um it's smart to just put movie podcast in your title because that's what you are and like um that's what people are searching for that's why you put movie review in your title of whatever and um so yeah and then it was more like born out of not laziness but um, you know, just, I'm not a graphic designer. Um, you're technologically, uh, you know, uh, illiterate. Impaired, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, uh, I know I'm just giving you, you know shit, what though, but... You, but you know what though, like from everything that you have done and, and, and again, like we have this new intro that is this great oh, sort God. of retro throwback. I would never say that you like yeah you might be trial and error and that like and you learn through and like tutorials that. and things like that but like i mean you're one of those people that like 
can adapt to a situation or you know learn how to do something like i just that's I learned, a, that's a work hard smarter. thing to do work smarter is what i've heard from people is like don't be embarrassed that you used a template or you took temp things from different templates and made your own thing like just you know it, that's totally fine you don't need to work your ass off to like if you're not a graphic designer that's why those things are there so you can make cool looking stuff um and no basic you know, Photoshop or basic after effects or basic editing, like everything we're doing, like, I don't have, like, I'm a tech savvy person. And like, I, I really thrived and loved media arts and, and video production and in, in, in school and stuff. But, um, I missed that kind of stuff. And I just, I'm self-taught and, and a lot of it is like, you can find really cool, like people, if you're listening to this and want to do this, or if you've ever wanted to, is like, just do it, man. Like you can start with something simple and then change. Like, um, we started with literally script font. It just said untitled movie podcast based on the characters by God, which is stupid <laughs> thinking about it. Like I just thought I'm like thinking back on it. It was just a joke. But then I'm like, do, did people think we were like a religious movie podcast? And I'm like, cause that's not what we were. And then like, well, is it film spotting a little bit of like a religious? Is podcast? it? I'm not, I'm not sure. But um, so anyways, that was just a dumb gag of like, cause based on the characters by, you know, someone by Stan Lee or whoever, like, um, I was just making a joke about that. I am not a religious person at all, even though I went to Catholic school. But then, then I think we're, after, yeah, we were both baptized. Yeah, and then after a year or so, I'm like, okay, this album art is terrible. It's so tiny, you can't even see what it says. Like, I changed it, uh, put quotations on there, controversial, um, and like changed our uh, <laughs> advertise our, our our podcast art um, to be, you know, still the black and white, still the script font, and and, and things like that, and then. Um, now leading into this third year, uh, our fourth year, our third anniversary, I'm just like, let's change our phase four. <laughs> let's change everything up. So I changed all the album art. We're on YouTube, created an intro, created a little jingle, but it's just literally pulling and piecing things together and creating something that's your own, even though you got help from people who are good at it. And I feel like that's why people sell these things. And if you have a little, not everyone has the means and you can do it even cheaper than what we did. Um, you don't have to invest any money really. But um, if you do, you know, invest a little bit, it's not even that much. You can get some cool stuff and, and make something that's not saying that we're successful by any means, but um, we, again, we just enjoy doing it. And I, even it will help me in other areas of my career and my life, like this show, managing it, scheduling the reviews, uh, doing the social media posts, like, Editing, even just talking talking right? I think that like helps with with interviews and, and, and anything like yeah. like if you're going into a you know quote-unquote real career and you have to have a job interview or you have to interact with people like this show and talking for hundreds of hours with eric thousands of hours probably on all of our shows has probably just helped us personally like in our lives just be better at or we'll be exhausted after and don't want to talk to anyone but anyways. we got to get to a point where we can go through all of this and create uh ais i think we could in, at this point in the, in the same way that like bruce willis is yeah. using the face app uh to not act in anything but still gets paid when anybody right, uses right. his likeness yeah right 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 <laughs> um i think we've done maybe enough hours because i think you only need like probably less amount of hours than what we have done on all of our shows. So I feel like we could create AIs and then just, you know, let them do the show and we'll just sit back and earn no money. Cause we don't make any <laughs> Collect <money. laughs> that sweet, sweet cash. Yeah. Um, 
uh, let's move on, Eric. What have you, hundredth um, episode? What special things have you been watching? Uh, to Matt, I watch Sweet Girl. <laughs> God, okay. <laughs> you texted me. We both have a thing that has, uh, which we won't spoil the twist to either Sweet Girl or the game that I played, which is very cinematic and inspired by you know different movies. I'll get into it in a sec. Also has a wild twist. We won't spoil either of them. But Eric, how is Sweet Girl? I'm gonna go get a Coke Zero. Matt, Sweet Girl is a, a fairly standard revenge thriller that kind of is taking on big pharma um, from the point of view of people that are victims of um, circumstance and uh, Jason Momoa and Isabella Merced uh, co-star as a father-daughter duo who are on the road running or being hunted down by big pharma uh, assassins or appointed assassins. Um, and for the most part, it's, it's a fairly standard um, a VOD esque title in the way that, you know, you would see something pop up on a Friday and, and see somebody like, you know, the aforementioned Bruce Willis or <clears throat> Nicholas Cage when he's not doing something as wonderful and, you know, uh, intimate and internalized as pig. Um, with the caveat of this is a movie that is completely financed by Netflix. So there is a, a, a certain level of quality with the crew involved, specifically cinematographer uh, Barry Aykroyd, who's worked with both uh, Catherine Bigelow and uh, Paul Greengrass. And there's not as much shaky cam as you maybe would expect hearing that name as the cinematographer, but there are certain action set pieces that are well choreographed and composed. Um, then your typical uh, VOD movie starring a over the hill movie star of the eighties into the mid nineties. Um, and so it's, it's pretty much forgettable, but then it does something that I think even if M night Shyamalan watched this movie um, in terms of plot twists would take a step back and be like, that's ridiculous. Uh, and I almost weirdly, that's recommend, a sentence. I almost weirdly recommend people watch this just for the twist, but it's still not worth it really because it's just a kind of middle of the road, forgettable, bad movie, but it, it's almost so bad. It's good as Matt cracks into a Coke zero um to watch how ridiculous that twist is that's a soda better than that mountain dew yeah and so i again i can't recommend the movie and i'm almost probably like making this sound more intriguing than it actually is but i i was kind of like it's the kind of twist that you would never be able to predict um and then on top of that you also have uh justin uh bartha of the hangover uh movies playing a scummy big pharma CEO who in two of his big scenes is wearing this ridiculous uh, hunter's vest. Um, and like they're during, like he's wearing these vests, like during like a press conference and a CNN interview. And I'm like, why are you wearing this vest that looks like you're about to go and like chop up wood and, and, you know, hang out on the set of Dexter, uh, new blood or whatever it's <laughs> called. Um, and so, oh, yeah, sorry, it's, yeah. it, it's terrible. It's 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 real bad. But um the thing that makes it memorable is the 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 plot twist, which isn't good, but it's just so outlandish that it's kind of like that's what I'll remember it for. Yeah, I you, I was asking you about the twist today and I was like, should I watch this movie and you're like, no, but 
he was like, the twist is so ridiculous. And I'm like, I kind of want to know the twist. And I'm like, should I just watch the movie just to see what this twist is? I'm sure I'll still be disappointed and not like it, but I do want to see it. I, speaking of twists, I, um, I played 12 minutes, which is a Xbox game and PC game. Um, a point and click adventure time loop game, uh, starring, uh, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe. Um, so essentially the premise of the game is that he's he- a big Mountain Dew guy, Willem Dafoe. Is he? Yeah. I love Have Mountain you Dew. seen that photo of him holding the bag of Doritos with the Mountain Dew <laughs> that sounds great. backdrop and Dafoe's just really sad looking? Yeah. I, I mean, that sounds ideal to me. I love Mountain Dew and Doritos, but this uh, Baja Fresh was not, or Baja Blast. It was a Baja Blast twist thing. Anyways, uh, Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, point and click adventure time loop game where a man comes home from work. Uh, his wife greets him there in their apartment. She has dessert ready for the both of them, and she has an announcement to tell him over this dessert. She made his favorite dessert. Um, basically, what is the what, dessert? It's like a chocolate uh, cake kind of thing. Um, looks like not like a you know like a molten lava cake almost. It looked like, or maybe it had some fruit on it. Um, but anyways, uh, you do this. You have this conversation with your your wife, and uh, a policeman bangs on the door and says, "Open up!" And it's played by Willem Dafoe. Essentially, this policeman breaks into your apartment, um, zip ties or handcuffs you and your wife, asks where uh, this watch is, and says your wife murdered her father eight years before, and that she's being arrested for it. But he's then asking her for this uh, pocket watch she has, and um, in the first loop depending on what you do, you know, he tries to get this pocket watch and he then uh, either punches you or murders you. Um, and then you realize you are stuck in a time loop. And essentially you're reliving the same 12 minutes this night over and over and over again, these 12 minutes or less, depending on what you do. Uh, so until you figure out why this policeman is coming to your house, why your wife is being accused of murdering her father and why this guy wants this pocket watch essentially. Um, and I played it because the creator, um, you know, said there was a ton of cinematic influences. I mean, you walk out that first elevator, the carpet is the, you know, the carpet from the shining, the overlook hotel, um, which has been done a million times, which would fine, whatever. But he said, oh, I thought it first came from uh, ready player one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, but you, I love the idea of like a time loop escape room point and click, have to find different items and make them interact in different ways and get more information and search the house and ask your wife questions and ask the cop things. And, and each time loop you learn different information, which opens up different things. You can ask people or different things. Um, and I played it because he was like, oh, I'm inspired by Memento and David Fincher movies and, and and things like that as Georgie is crawling all over my setup. And I bet you, God, thank God. Georgie is Matt's like, uh, yeah, sister's cat. cat. And I let her crawl over things because I feel like it would be more of a pain in the ass to try and pull her away. And then she tears down a camera or a light or something like that. Uh, she's sniffing my old Starbucks cups. Anyways, the cinematic influence is the reason why I wanted to play it. Love point and click kind of mystery time loop uh, escape room time kinds of games. Um, it's very flawed game with also um, a insane twist and a terrible ending. Like um, I feel like I was intrigued throughout the whole thing. Um, it was very cinematic. The voice acting by Ridley and McAvoy is interesting because they're both doing American accents. 
And I'm just like, <laughs> it's like, why not hire American yeah, actors I, I, or have them do their normal accents, British like, accents. Like yeah. who cares? Like, it's just, why not? Like, I, I don't get it. Like at times that you could tell it was McAvoy and Ridley, but you can tell it's them doing an accent. And, uh you're just or like, just hired Joseph Gordon-Levitt to do a French accent. Yeah, it's just you know it didn't. They're not bad at the accent. It's just why? Because um, I get, I guess Willem Dafoe, but um, even then, like it, it just didn't make any sense. So, uh, but their voice acting is good. Um, it's a little obviously repetitive, and it doesn't do a great job at like holding your hand or giving you. Like it gives you hints at what you're supposed to piece together, but it it's really frustrating at times where it doesn't kind of guide you of where you're supposed to go. It really goes, you're on your own. You'll be stuck in this fucking loop if you don't figure out what to do next. And like some things that they try that you have to do to set the thing into motion or you learn a new piece of information, you're just like, how the fuck was I supposed to figure that out on my own? Like there were certain things where eventually you get there. Cause you're like, all right, she's talking about this light switch a lot, or she's talking about this, whatever, a lot. And you're like, I guess it's something to do with that. And then you do it over and over again until you figure it out. And then ultimately um, the conclusion of the game, I was intrigued up until the very end and um, the reveal of what happened and where the story goes was very, disturbing but not earned because i was telling you earlier and i've told you the twist because i know you're not going to play the game and i won't talk about the twist here you could easily find it if you want to spoil it on the internet but i'm not against with what the game i'm not against because we said this earlier not the right <laughs> words uh, i'm i'm fine <laughs> sorry it's because i because you know i know what it is i'm and it's just fine funny. with you portraying that on in a story as long as it feels earned or it feels like it makes sense for this story, what they eventually reveal and what the reasoning behind it for or who they reveal what happens is just so ridiculous to the point of like, that's so cheap. What they did was cheap. Like, and I just felt didn't feel earned. And I'm like, you didn't earn the disturbing nature of your final act and your final twist because your explanation of what happened was so lazy. And that's what ultimately almost ruined the game for me, where it's like, it is a, not a fun story, but it was video games have to be fun. It was interesting to try to piece things together and figure out the mystery, if that makes sense. And um, there were times where I was like bashing my head against my desk going, I don't understand what this game wants me to do next. And I will admit I had to go and look at a guide and go give me a little clue of what I'm supposed to do next. Like I would find where I am at, in the story and I would just look and be like, you might remember that there's this on the fridge or whatever. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm supposed to find that. And I'm like, how were, how was I supposed to remember that? Something that happened hours earlier. Um, as Eric sends me something, I just, oh, yeah, the Willem Dafoe Doritos. <laughs> it's incredible. Incredible. Um just incredible um so anyways it's um i played it on uh xbox uh game uh like streaming like so i don't even own an xbox so you can stream video games through them on xbox.com if you have xbox game pass 
So I got a three month trial for like a dollar because 12 minutes was a game I really wanted to check out. And it worked really, really well on my Mac. I used a controller. Oh, the controllers are also terrible. I know this is a movie podcast, not a game gaming podcast because I wanted to focus more on the story. But like the controls were awful because you're controlling a cursor and not the actual character. So you're moving a cursor around with the controller and then clicking a to like investigate an item and then drag, you have to click and drag things around, which so is that makes it more frustrating than on a controller. It's yeah. like, cause if I was playing with a mouse, which you can play on PC, if you have a PC, but I have a Mac, um, uh, on a mouse and keyboard, it would be so much more intuitive. Like you're just clicking and dragging and clicking on things like that would be great. Um, but the way that they have it on controller is awful, but ultimately I was there for the story and I was in for the ride until ultimately the explanation they gave of what was happening. Like the solution was just not, it was just didn't feel earned at all and just felt like it was disturbing for the sake of being disturbing. And then the explanation of who done it essentially, or what happened was just like, come on, give me a fucking break. So a good video game almost ruined by a bad ending. Um, but I, I still think it it's probably worth playing. And like, if you like that kind of stuff within, it has a, you know, a really a list uh, voice cast. So 12 minutes was the one kind of movie adjacent uh, kind of thing that I consumed uh, this week. Anything, else but it is there? interesting though, talking about, yeah. you know, like, getting actors of that pedigree to do something like that i mean you're you're seeing that more and more where annapurna produced it as well yeah and speaking of like willem dafoe didn't he work with elliot page on like some um yeah he did um beyond not beyond two souls was it beyond two souls um because then you also you have the stuff with like um, Norman Reedus and Nicholas Vending Refn and, in, uh, and Hideo, Mads Mikkelsen. Hideo Kojima's and... Death Stranding, which is getting yeah. a remaster, a director's cut in uh, uh, in September, which I will uh, play at some point. Because um, Hideo Kojima, his Metal Gear games have always, I mean, they usually used voice actors, although you see some, you know, n- name i'm using in quotes like phil lamar from mad tv and other people pop up in in metal gear games star but, of pulp fiction i mean Kiefer sutherland did the voice of snake in um in the most recent metal gear game um oscar isaac did. is going to probably um, be playing him in a film which version if i they think do. it's his games are so cinematic that they would translate uh to movies uh really really well um but yeah, you see A-list people pop up here and there, and it's happening more and more often. Or you'll usually and they're have using like, their likeness too. Yeah. Like it's not just a voice. Like were, were they using the likeness of Willem Dafoe and, and Daisy Ridley no. and, and James? So Dafoe? the the animation wasn't lifelike. It was more like it was a top down view. So you would see the whole apartment from the top down. So you'd only see like the top of the characters' heads, and then kind of like their outline of their like from the their head down, like top of their head down. So. The likeness wasn't really like, you know, what they look like. Not really. Like, I mean, it was a bald dude with a beard for the cop that Willem Dafoe was playing. And like, you know, McAvoy and Ridley are playing a white couple. Sure, it sort of looks like them, I guess. But like, <laughs> um, that being said, yeah, like, um, I think it was, was it Beyond Two Souls? Yeah, Ellen or Elliot Page, then Ellen Page and Beyond uh, Two Souls and Willem Dafoe um, were in... Uh, uh, um, because uh, I was looking at the poster right now. So Elliot Page and Willem Dafoe were in Beyond Two Souls, yeah, which I never played, but I heard very mixed things, but they used their likeness in that as well. 
Yeah, which I, I think that's kind of interesting as well in terms of, uh, you know, where video games have gone. And, and and I think, you know, having that conversation, you said it's not a video game podcast, but I think, you know, with The Last of Us Part 2, you know, having that conversation and also with the series coming up and, um, you know, your 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 love of Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Um, We're getting a Mario Bros. movie next year. Yeah. Maybe Criterion will come knocking next for 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 the film, which now they're on 4K, which is also a perfect segue because um, a movie that they sent me a copy of, which I'm very grateful, um, you know, when whenever they send me anything, um, was uh, Beasts of of No Nation, uh, the Kerry Fukunaga film um, distributed by Netflix. So you know, this is one of the films that they made a deal with Netflix to release on physical media and, and on Blu-ray, and and obviously, you know, we we talked about. Uh, criterion on the last show as well with you know them upgrading to 4k in november there's something about beasts of no nation you know having watched it at tiff with you i think it was at the scotiabank theater um and being so excited for that film and being completely let down by it because carrie fukunaga um i mean he has you know, he was coming, wasn't he coming off of uh true detective at that point he was yeah so Kerry Fukunaga this year has, you know, tentatively speaking, knock on wood, uh, the new Bond movie that he yeah, directed, God, I uh, hope. <laughs> No Time to Die, uh, in the beginning of October. But before that, he was this, and he still is, a, I, I still think for the most part, he still is a really great filmmaker. Um, you know, he he debuts with Sinambre back in 2009 and then follows that up with you know his adaptation of Jane Eyre with Mia Wasikowska and Michael Fassbender and you know those two movies are you know this this usher in this new filmmaker that's so exciting and then he does this whole season of True Detective with Matthew McConaughey and and Woody Harrelson and again redefines sort of event television and binge-worthy watching like you need to like this that was appointment viewing you know before the second season kind of ruined true detective and season two kind of you know it's not as good but mahershali makes it watchable and then beast of no nation it's like okay he's working with idris elba is telling a really politically powerful story and then like the idea of like a story about you know child soldiers in in africa but i think what kind of ruins it for me not ruins it and like oh i I can't watch it or i don't like it i think it's an okay movie i just i had higher expectations Mm -hmm. is i think the whimsy and the fairy tale-esque aspect of the storytelling and also being set in a fictional western african country right it, it, it almost there's there's so much disassociation with that and that even though it you know is based on true events in the sense of like you hear about you know children being abducted from their villages and and brutally tortured and manipulated and brainwashed into becoming vicious killers themselves and that's not you know untrue it's just the idea that this story specifically is framed around sort of a fictitious narrative that i almost wish that there was more realism and and grounding it in reality even though it is based on truth within the world it's not a specific true story it almost i almost felt that i wish that it was based on a true story because they take artistic liberties that 
feel like you're being read a bedtime story. And I don't think that necessarily works with what is being portrayed um, within the film, even Mm -hmm. though there are moments that are very profound and moving with, you know, the way that Fukunaga sort of directs and sort of uses the cinematography in interesting ways. And like, there's this almost like thermal, um, yeah, sort of sequence that I think is kind of interesting. I like that Idris Elba is cast in a role that is very much against type and playing a very sadistic kind of villain who, um, you know, continues to reveal even more horrible aspects of himself. When you think like, even when he plays villains on like the wire, he's very charming and, and affable to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, there was just something about it that I wanted to love that movie. And I only, respected it and and re-watching it now and also reading um film critic robert uh daniel's uh really wonderful essay on the film um it made me appreciate it more but i still feel the same way about the movie but if you want to buy a physical copy of it it is now available um uh, on criterion blu-ray and i do advocate for or appreciate um criterion releasing you know netflix and amazon releases even though if you have a subscription to them they're easily available to you yeah it's just that there's something about having a physical copy of you know movies like roma or the irishman or you know with sound of metal coming up through amazon studios making that deal as well there's just something about it's like okay like i i really love the idea of them doing this and, and marriage story and, and hopefully they continue this because there are films like Oakja, which I would really sweet love girl. to have. Yeah. Sweet girl, you know, the criterion <laughs> version of that would be amazing. Um, or, you know, uh, Sandy Wexler, uh, All available. That. Adam Sandler box set. That's well, Adam Sandler, the joke is though, I mean, Adam Sandler Gems has two of... movies uh, through the criterion, criterion collection yeah. with the, uh, with uncut gems, which is coming out in October and punch drunk love. So, I mean, that, that has to count for something, you know. Put funny people on Criterion, any sort of other dramatic adjacent uh, kind of role he's done, just throw it on Criterion. Spanglish. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. What's that 9-11 movie he did, too? Oh, Rain that, Over yeah, Me. Yeah, Rain Over Me. Yeah. Which is terrible. I don't remember it, or did I even see it? Um, that's the same it's thing. It's with him and the... Don Cheadle, and it's post-9-11, yeah. and his his family I must have seen it, because I just hours, referenced yeah. it, so... Um, and he looks like Bob Dylan. Like they wanted to make right, him look like Bob right, Dylan. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, Beast of No Nation. I haven't seen since that TIFF screening, and I remember thinking it was okay. I don't remember much from it really, and I haven't had a desire to revisit it. But it's not like an easy rewatch either. So no, it's um, not. But this is a good excuse to you know check out the Criterion and and, and watch that. Um, on my end, I watched. Um, uh i watched don't breathe and don't breathe 2 which we can either cover here we might do a review for don't breathe 2 soon like if um in the next week uh, i know we're really delayed on that but it was the week that i went to the cottage so uh we did go see don't breathe 2 i don't know if we have much to say about it but we i'm gonna hold it i think we should do a review eventually it'll just come right. a bit later so let's do a don't breathe package and don't breathe 2 um, and then Candyman as well. Like we'll be covering the uh, 2021 Candyman. The Nia DaCosta yeah. version. Yeah. Um, this week. So I, I, I'm going to save my thoughts on the OG Candyman. First watch of OG Candyman. Um, the Bernard uh, Rose version, um, which yeah. came out in the early 90s. 92. And, 92. And then you also have 
uh, two sequels that follow. Um, which we still haven't determined, which, are they canon? Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to watch that movie because I've seen both of them. Um, the, the subtitles being Farewell to the Flesh and Day of the Dead. The second one is directed by Bill Condon, who uh, would go on to have a career directing Twilight. movies like Twilight, but also Beauty and the Beast, the, the yeah. live action remake and and more prestigious films like Gods and Monsters right. and, and things like that and Dreamgirls. So, um, yeah, it'll it'll be fascinating to have that conversation and even just thinking about like, you know, in the 90s, that was kind of like what Tony Todd was best known for. And now if you were to show a photo of Tony Todd to somebody or ask like, oh, do you know who Tony Todd is? Probably more people would know him from the Final Destination films as The Undertaker than they would as the titular Candyman. And speaking of Final Destination, you can check out our reviews of The Night House. Um, speaking of Final Destination, Paw Patrol, the movie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, like I mentioned, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. So all over on Untitled Movie Reviews. And starting with Shang-Chi, you can get Untitled Movie Reviews right here on YouTube as well um, and podcast services. So that's a separate channel on podcast services, um, Untitled Movie Reviews. Please go subscribe over there. And it's still right on the same feed right here on YouTube. Um, And then that was kind of it. Like um, my biggest thing was 12 minutes because it was like in – I don't know how many hours it took me, but um, other than it, stuff it didn't take we, you 12 minutes, though. No, it didn't. 12 minutes over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But it almost um, sounds weirdly a little bit like Bandersnatch, where like yeah, it bit. almost is like pick your own, like it's a pick your own adventure a adventure little kind bit, of thing. but you can get different endings. So like I originally got one ending and then you can kind of change it because it's not the proper ending or the can't like the actual ending or whatever like that, which Bandersnatch had that too. But Bandersnatch was playing in that realm of being, you know, an interactive game in a, it's movie an interactive format. CD-ROM. That's kind of what it was. Um, and then other than that, it's mostly like TV stuff. I watched wrestling this week. So I watched SummerSlam uh, as well as AEW. With uh, Viking Brock Lesnar. Viking Brock Lesnar came back at the end, which was pretty dope. Um, the pay-per-view itself, not and Goldborg. Yeah, Goldborg <laughs> came. He wrestled again, which you're like, no one wants Bobby Lashley versus Goldborg. Um, but Cena, Cena was there. If I mean having a movie connection, so he fought Roman Reigns. Um, you're speaking. You're speaking specifically about uh, Vacation. Uh, vacation Friends, which we will friends, have yeah. a review of this week as well. God, Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta celebrate the hundredth episode somehow. Gotta keep that little um, Rel Howery uh, number one on Letterboxd. Number one actor, yeah. Um, for you. Um yeah. which is impressive. Uh so Cena lost to Roman Reigns. Becky Lynch came back, but they totally botched how that happened as well. And speaking of not botching a comeback, I watched AEW for the first time this week, which is the kind of competitor to WWE and where a lot of people who leave WWE go because it's the only other big, not the only other big hardcore wrestling fans will say that there are other ones that they watch that aren't televised as regularly, but AEW's on TNT. So Turner network, um, which is where like WCW used to be and things like that. But they've been kind of like Chris Jericho went over there and started that with Cody Rhodes, who was like, um, you know, Dustin Rhodes. You, you, I don't know, Eric, if you remember any, like, do you remember gold dust? The guy who I do, I remember gold dust. So yeah, it's yeah. gold dust's brother who, uh, <laughs> um, who, who started AEW with Chris Jericho and, and some other people. 
Anyways, is um, what's his name? Stinger's I, I, over there. I'm, Sting, I'm gonna. Stings uh, there. You're gonna laugh at me, but is CMM Punk? CM Punk. That's what I'm getting to. So yeah, CM Punk, who stars in Heels on Stars, which is 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 coming up. I think the first episode premiered, and that's the Amel um, Brothers series. Yeah, right? yeah, re- about wrestling. And um, essentially, he's been gone for seven years. He left WWE on very bad terms. Did not enjoy his time there, even though he was one of the biggest stars at WWE at one point. But just and you were a fan, in. right? I, your brother, I think, really likes CM Punk. Uh, I, I did, but it's more like I was leaving. Like I wasn't as interested in wrestling at that time, but I knew of this CM Punk guy and that he was like the guy. He was like, no, he's great, even if everything else isn't. Um, so he made his big return after seven years to, uh, he came over to AEW, which is a lot of wrestlers that leave, you know, are going over here and they're trying to start something at, on AEW. So, but this was just like huge. Cause everyone, you know, have, has wanted him to come back for the longest time. He's tried his hand in UFC. He's tried acting now too. So, um, it's probably better than the Miz. Uh, he absolutely is better than the Miz. Yeah, for sure. Um, very charismatic guy. Um, and I was just, it was really cool to see, you know, I, I mean, I don't love that these arenas are like sold out in, um, in the U S and stuff like that and jam packed with people. Um, but doesn't it, does it add like an extra layer of anxiety? Oh, absolutely. He jumped because... into the crowd dude. Like at one Ooh. point he's like high fiving and hugging people. He literally like cr- not crowd surfed, but he jumped into the crowd and I'm like, I don't know if everyone's like got their proof of vaccination or their, uh, uh or their covid or just has been right vaxxed <laughs> yeah that's what i mean so i don't know uh, i mean that i i kind of like that though that there is something else available because it, again my limited knowledge of of wrestling comes from both you and and my brother Kyle but from what i have gathered is that you know in terms of mainstream wrestling televised wrestling and in the way that it is commercial it's it's vince mcmahon's way or the highway yeah and this from what you're saying almost gives an opportunity to the people that have gotten on vince mcmahon's bad side for one reason or or burned by him at some point yeah or maybe are just kind of kicked to the curb yeah if they weren't given given another shot here yeah Yeah, that's exactly. So that's what that's kind of cool. I, it I, is. They're I just started. That. It's what WCW was trying to do when it was competing against WWE, and then eventually WWE won that war. And I don't know if there's a war quite yet between the two sides, but I mean, CM Punk openly called out WWE, and like he made a really good like dig at them by saying, "Like uh, I retired in 2005, which is right when he left." ring of honor to go to wwe he's like i retired from wrestling in 2005 and i'm finally making my comeback but he had a whole stint in wwe during that time so he just completely shit on them there and there's a lot of people who hate vince mcmahon and um and vince mcmahon is a known he's just an asshole like he's just horrible like a horrible person (laughs) so um fascinating individual yeah from everything you've told me and everything i've read about him seems like a complete egotistical like and doesn't know what a burrito is friends with donald trump like just 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 garbage but um and like you know you have people like you know triple h and and he's married to stephanie mcmahon vince mcmahon's daughter who you know you think are trying to make it better but really well shane mcmahon too right too but like even then if vince is around it's vince's call and 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 wwe has been it's been successful obviously i mean it's it's not as popular as it once was but with cm punk coming back like it it finally feels like i don't want to say one guy will legitimize an organization but if you're able to sign 
a guy who's been gone for seven years that people have been want like craving to see come back so badly and the ovation he got when he came out um was incredible and like it, there's rumors that you know they'll sign daniel bryan who is a big uh, wwe guy too who used to be an indie wrestler as well um married to one of the bellas um who you know famously dated john cena but not with him anymore anyways um it's and then cena. they just released like wwe just released like bray wyatt and uh braun Strowman, and they've uh, they picked up some other guys wwe released and stings over there and um you know what's stinger doing here is the thing that i remember Eric how how close are we to getting the big guys like i'm talking about david arquette da- and- david arquette yes no but I'm, I'm talking about like the you know the ones that everybody wants to see back in the ring diamond dallas page yeah sergeant slaughter oh yeah and Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, I think some of them are struggling. Um, DDP does like yoga now, and he has like a successful yoga empire. Well, he's, he's in like, the in the David Arquette dog. Yeah, and he's helped. I think maybe it was Jake the Snake or someone. Like he's helped like a lot of wrestlers who like are pretty fucked up because of you know steroids and alcohol and like just they're beating their bodies over and over again for years and years and years so he's helped a lot of people get back on their feet um and he always pops up every once in a while and like that's the vibe that AEW has is they bring in like some older guys who like Ric Flair might sign with them now and Ric Flair's like a hundred and has looked like (laughs) but he's looked like a hundred years old what seems like my whole life so like but they'll also um, maybe give them like commentator positions the way well that's what Booker T kind of has in WWE they had four people on commentary which is way too many people to have on commentary they had Jim Ross who was one of the most iconic WWE announcers of all time uh JR's getting a bit old probably What's Stinger doing probably here? Probably should retire. Like, I love JR, but I'm like, all right, JR, you, it's probably time to, you can just go chill, man. You don't need to do this anymore. And but then they he, had, does uh, he have, do you think like he has been financially smart with his maybe, money? Or I'm maybe not like sure. he's just c- continues to do it because he, maybe he, he has to. That's probably, I think his wife also maybe passed away don't uh and maybe he just it keeps him occupied um and then they have taz who also used to be in uh wwe and they have mark henry who also used to be in wwe and then they have another guy that i i don't i wasn't familiar with but like um it's interesting the production value i don't think is quite at like wwe levels like wwe has been doing this for so long and they have they had so much money and and i know the guy who owns AEW is also a billionaire, I think too, or, or something, but um, it's doesn't, it's not as slick. Like it's, I know they're trying to go for a different vibe, but I felt like the production value maybe wasn't quite um, there, but um, I'm intrigued. CM Punk's awesome. So I'm, I'm intrigued to watch a bit more of it, even though wrestling it's ridiculous, but um, it, I have fun watching it with friends sometimes too. So, um, you know, it's a guilty pleasure of mine <clears throat> that I tune in to the big ones, which is why I watch <laughs> SummerSlam on the weekend. So, um, and AEW was just a big event because CM Punk was coming back. So uh, that's what I watched. We don't need to review those over on the reviews channel, but I watched them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Eric, uh, yes. were there any trailers? Oh, wait, I heard about one. <laughs> Um, so the Spider-Man, uh, saga has been, you know, people screaming to release the no way home trailer for what seems like an eternity. Um, and 
CinemaCon, as we're speaking, I believe like in 45 minutes, the Sony CinemaCon panel is about to start. So probably as we're wrapping up this show, the Spider-Man trailer will drop. That'll be our luck. Um, (laughs) Our hundredth episode. uh, And right after we finish recording, the Spider-Man trailer will probably drop. But which is almost kind of fitting in a weird way. We'll have to talk about it on 101. Um, Will I title this video? The Spider-Man no way home trailer leak <laughs> just so well, I, I think you should actually it. sort of create a a, a, a watermark and have yeah. the name of the person <laughs> just as, over the whole video or yeah. this segment at least uh that's funny that's good um maybe i'll do that um but that takes more in editing um and then also record it on your phone so what's eric's alluding to is last night um uh i hopped on uh, Twitter after, you know, running errands with Nevis. I, I, Eric was sleeping or something. Um, I don't know what you were doing. I'm just joking. What time was it? I don't know. Remember you woke up or you now woke up from, you know, your mystery dungeon of, uh, of whatever you do. Um, and, uh, uh <laughs> and then, uh, I was, I hopped online and I saw Spider-Man, you know, no way home, uh, trending again. And, and then I saw some people in my feed start going, Oh, the trailer leaked, the trailer leaked. And I was like, oh, God, I've seen this a hundred times. I'm like, I bet you it didn't leak. I've seen TikTok videos of like kids who are pretty good at editing shit together that just make it look real. And it's not. Um, so I Googled it and I found a tweet that was like, here's the video. And I'm like, all right, let's see if this is real. <clears throat> so I click on it and it is a someone recording from their cell phone another person's cell phone which was watching a video of someone recording a laptop with their cell phone so you had three layers of this thing uh of what it was going through and what eric's alluding to is like you could see at times this trailer starts playing and i'm like this seems pretty legit and i'm like oh no there's some dialogue there and like some people that i'm like that's like real that's real like doctor strange is in this spider-man's in this like this is the real trailer then you see unfinished special effects pop in and you're like oh no and then you see this guy's name plastered across the thing like a watermark of who maybe it was a special effects artist or someone working on the trailer um this was probably from a little while ago and his name's his or hers or theirs name is plastered all over um the the center of the trailer um and then i watched the whole thing now i'm like i can't hear anything i can barely see what's happening but i watched it and i was like oh that was the real spider-man no way home trailer and then um uh i thought that was hilarious and you know it's been weird because we thought we would have had a trailer by now, but we're, we've always assumed it was probably coming with Shang Chi. Um, but we did just get an Eternals trailer, final trailer, which we can talk about as well, Eric, but, um, this past week, um, they've just been holding out for some reason. Um, and the rumor was that it was going to show up at CinemaCon tonight, but it might not be released online. But now with this leak, will it show up? We might already be outdated. Maybe it's already out there. Um, but this was, it's almost comical at this point with this movie, uh, you know, Alfred Molina coming out and openly talking about being in it. And then Kevin Feige being like, some people like to talk and some people don't. (laughs) And then like, that's it. And then you're like, well, even every time you have somebody that has a movie coming out that might be associated or rumored to be in it, (laughs) Emma Stone during Cruella, like you, so like, 
even though we haven't seen a trailer, we don't really know the overall synopsis of what yeah. the plot is. We know Doctor Strange is in it. We know it's probably dealing with multiverse stuff. We know, we know Jamie, Alfred Molina is in and it. Jamie Foxx is in it, right? Like, yeah, that's what we know. And um, it's just comical that like all, this is how it kind of gets out there. And so many, probably hundreds of thousands of people have watched this. The worst quality thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, yeah. And, 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 and to, I, I think actually um, a, a friend of ours and, and, and fellow critic, Ben Shane actually made a really interesting point um, that it almost kind of has like that comic con quality yeah. where it's like, you see the, someone releases the bootleg version of the comic con panel trailer being shown. And then, you know, Warner brothers specifically wised up to that and just, and just decided to release the trailers them right after as if they were like day and day. Yeah. Like <clears throat> at the, at the same time. So there wouldn't be those copyright issues and all the traffic would go to Warner brothers in terms of yeah. like YouTube or on any of their social media websites. Yeah. So I'm almost like we should go another 45 minutes just to try to get past 9 PM because that's hey, when the, I got nothing that's going on 9 PM Eastern. Um, Cause that's when the panel um, starts. Cause I'm like, they probably watch it in real time. They'd probably <laughs> kick it off with that and then drop it online if it's coming tonight. And then the other yeah. thing that, um, you know, uh, Tom Holland on his Instagram. Sorry, I hate being this guy, but I will. Um, he posted y'all aren't ready on your, on his Instagram story last night. And people are like, Oh shit. That means like the trailer's coming and, um, watch it be uncharted. Yeah. So I have no idea, but the trailer, uh, I'm not, that is also go. Sony, right? Uncharted. It is, and, yeah. And, like, and that's watch supposed it to be coming be, in. You all are ready for, for Mark Wahlberg is Sully. <laughs> His mustache. He does get the mustache. I've seen the photo. Um, God, what a bad casting choice that is. But um, anyways, that trailer is out there. I don't know if it's been scrubbed off the internet or anything, but I, I glimpsed at it because I was curious and I was like, oh man, that is, that's a real, that's a real thing. Um, so uh, I'm excited for it and I want to see the good quality version and uh, hopefully in 45 minutes or half an hour, whatever it is, you know, Sony goes, Hey, theater owners, the, the movies are back. I know we're forcing you all to come to Las Vegas with the Delta variant, uh, you know, in full effect and, and Las Vegas being a hotbed. We know, but we have are... a house of Gucci, uh, elevator, elevator that you can get yeah. into <laughs> the best part of CinemaCon, You see, there's a lot of marketing shit and like, there's a whole convention of just, I, I really do want to go one year and we got rejected once. Cause I did try to apply for us. Cause I'm like, fuck it. We'll go to Vegas for a weekend and, and go to CinemaCon. Cause like I'm fast. We've talked about, you know, if you're a new listener, Eric and I frequently talk about the experience of going to the movies and, you know, projection and sound and seating and, and, you know, and proper masking and like what, why it's not special anymore, why it is special or why you want to watch something at home or why you should go to the theater. And like, we're obsessed with the theatrical experience versus at home and cinemas. I, I worked at one, you know, it's my favorite place in the world. Really. Um, I'm just fascinated. Like there's a whole, like, you know, theater owner side of things where you get to see like new soda machines and new popcorn machines and stuff. <laughs> but and it like, also, it's, a, it's also just a great kind of like tease of what's to come within the year. Right. Because it was always like Comic-Con on. And... Yeah. It, it always felt like Comic-Con without the, you know, this, you know, the, 
crazy amounts of people and like and probably the, bad bo like they probably it's probably smells yeah, good I there mean, uh, but better than comic-con <laughs> I mean, you've been to comic-con so you I know have. it didn't smell the smell thing is i think just a joke people go forward with but like <clears throat> i it didn't bathe smell. people don't listen to celebrities if you don't like Please crowds and if, you're, if you're anxious like and claustrophobic like there's so many people at comic-con especially now comic-con sounds like a like i can't believe going to a convention anytime soon sounds wild to well me. even a festival right <laughs> yeah. like like i mean thinking about sort of you know tiff reintegrating the in-person experience to a certain degree um and you know with tiff announcing today um that you know it's going to be mandatory that either you have a, a covid test uh 48 hours before entering the theater or have um your information uh on hand that you've you know documents that you that prove that you've been, been double, double vaxxed, vaxxed um, yeah. which is good i i think that's that's mm. tiff needs to do this and it's 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 a great way to reassure people that are going to be sitting in a theater for an hour to two hours maybe three uh even you know their drive my car is is a film that's three hours long and if people want to go and see that you know like you got to think like there's got to be a bit of an anxiety there so i think that this mm. is really good on tiff's part in terms of the health and safety aspect being reinforced and you're seeing a lot of places do that um at least here in toronto and and you know throughout the world really like saying you know un- vaccine passports essentially saying like get vaxxed or prove that you're 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 good because we got to start doing this shit just to kind of make sure we don't go into another fucking bleak fall and winter right so and yeah because with the delta variant you know being um an issue i think that this is the best approach in order to keep things open and be responsible and also um to you know, be considerate of other people because, you know, just because people are getting vaccinated, it doesn't mean that everybody is. And that the other important thing to always consider is that COVID's not going to go away. It's always going to be here. It's yeah. like the flu. It's not going to just disappear now that everybody's gotten the vaccine. Well, I think that's you what's know. interesting about CinemaCon happening right now too. And then theaters being, you know, open and people fighting for theatrical only movies when it's looking like, you know, maybe the best bet is to, you know, keep putting things at home for the next little while. and Which the people. exhibitors don't want because <clears throat> no, they, they don't. They, they is... want to make money or, or recoup the costs of, you know, the, the time lost, right? Yeah. And we were even talking about this on the GO Train ride into Toronto that, like, looking at box office numbers now that the theaters – that theaters have reopened um, and, and talking about like, okay, reminiscence had a very poor showing and only making a, about over 200 or $2 million, right? 200, 200, that would be $200, amazing. $200, $200. Uh, Hugh Jackman's entire family went and nobody else, but $2 million. And like, yeah, I don't think that that film would have done well if it was in the before times anyways. And if it was released around the same time, it probably would have made like maybe, Ten million dollars at the most, but I almost feel like you still need to rate this on a curve. And yeah, you can talk about the success of Free Guy doing well over an extended period of time and and kind of making its way to a hundred million dollars over you know a few weeks. But you still have to think, okay, well, it's almost unfair to to 
sort of you know give some of these movies the the box office bomb title or the buffo title just nah, based on i don't on think that. anything coming out right now you can really do that too and yeah like, especially the stuff that's available on streaming and um you know like i'm sure begging. shang chi will do well and i hope that it like what's the success I think for it because we were talking and other people have said if it gets close to ant-man's numbers then it's a it's a huge success success yeah. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Or like, even if it's making the same kind of money in terms of consistent um, numbers, the way that Free Guy is, like, I think that will be a success if it's because at this point, what movies are looking for is repeat business, right? That people will come to the theaters and then more people will come and see it afterwards. And it, it'll be consistent through the weeks where box office before was all about that first weekend but i think you're still seeing that first weekend because the streaming stuff especially it's the people who want to see it in a theater go see it the first weekend and then you just see boom things well i mean a movie that's been sort of talked about like that is the suicide squad right where like widow too right yeah and where you think that like those two movies are almost fail safe box office successes based on you know being comic book adaptations and filmmakers and yeah and and big name stars and things like that but they're not doing well and i feel both of those movies also again maybe should have been graded with a curve a little bit because of the the day and date releases of both you know disney plus premium and then and then you know hbo max in the u.s um yeah i really think that you know the people who are seeing it the opening weekend are the people who want to see it in a theater and the people who are waiting are the people who are watching it at home it's like an easy it's just to me that makes sense. So I just don't, I don't get why people are surprised by that. Like uh, it's interesting, but I agree with you that we can't really judge anything right now. We either need to learn a new way of, uh, of what is success in the, in the the day and date world, or or it seems like everything's going to the 45 day, you know, streaming window, which makes sense to me. Cause I feel like after the first two, three weekends, like, movies completely drop off anyway like it's those it's first... very rare to have one of those sleeper hits now yeah. like even even in the before times like you know there there are movies that mm-hmm. are are successes over time that do well like you know like like the films that you think of that come to mind is something even though it's not a great movie or anything but like my big fat greek wedding was a film where I think almost every studio, whether it be independent or or major, looks at that and they're looking to find that movie that has that's cheap legs. and will continue to make yeah money that has like, legs that can go on yeah. for months and months and months. And not everything is also going to be Titanic in that version of where like it was. Just I just don't think that exists anymore. Really. No, it doesn't. Like, and and that's why the forty five day thing. Like, I think it could be even shorter than that, but forty five seems realistic. Like, just over a month. You have a month to make your move. Your make money on a movie in a cinema and then it then it's on streaming services and like i think that's fair and like i I agree that there should be an exclusive window i'm not against day and date releases but i see the argument of being like hey we still need some sort of exclusive window in cinemas or else you'll completely you know take them at the knee like you'll completely just buckle them if you just say every movie's available at home and then you're just going to see, you know, downsizing and, and bankruptcies and, and things like that. Like people will still go to the movies, 
but it's just not going to be how we view it right now. So if you want to keep what we have right now, which obviously theater owners do, CinemaCon's happening right now, you still need that exclusive window. And I feel like the control has been sort of taken back from theater owners to the distributors. And like, um, it's just interesting. Like they're the ones setting the terms now, but like, it's almost like a, you know, a union negotiation and, and each one of these deals have been separate, but it seems like what they've, you know, it used to be 90 days, wasn't it? Three months. Like it was three months yeah. in theaters. And now you split that in half and I could see that being split in half again, eventually to be, three weeks, 21 days or two weeks, 14 days, which is what I've always said. Like, I think a two week, maybe three week because you give it two weekends to drop off. And if you haven't seen it in those two weekends, you'll probably be watching it at home. So like you give people that option. And then it feels like, I mean, 45 days still seems like a long enough time where if you go, "Mm, do I want to wait over a month to see a new movie? If you really want to see that movie, you're probably going to go see it in a theater if it's safe. Um, or if you feel safe if, to do if so. You like feel, that's yes, yeah. that's what I mean. Like if you feel yeah. safe to do so. Um, if it's three weeks or two weeks, then you're getting more and more people going, I could wait two weeks. Uh, I don't necessarily need to go. I think that like month is that if you really want to see something and you don't want to be spoiled or you just can't wait that long, like that month, three weeks to a month might be too long to wait. So you'll go to the movie theater, but I don't know what that sweet spot is. And right now they're going to try out the 45 day thing. Um, I think day and date stuff will go away when everything goes back to normal. Um, Well, next year will be very interesting on sort of the part of like, say, Warner Brothers, where they've already announced 45 days, right? With all this. Yeah. But but what I mean is that it won't be day and date with um, HBO. So you mean by their box office and stuff compared to box office. And and I also think mainstream audiences, because, again, you know, we have to also consider that we live in this bubble this film twitter bubble where we're always following this or aware of this where most people just don't (laughs) yeah so like people in the u.s are going to be thinking to themselves next year like when the batman comes out oh i'll just watch it on hbo max because it'll be available for you know a month or so on hbo max and then they'll be disappointed or feel that they're ripped off in some way because it's only going to be in theaters now where then they'll also be confused because they'll think oh well last year everything that but you hope that's the covid thing people understand that shit but i mean but it is harder always though no it it is harder to take something away from people when you've already given it to them right exactly And, and then does that you know hurt hbo max because if you take all that stuff away there's probably tons of people who subscribe to hbo max just for that and now we're going okay, great. I can watch succession or I can watch, you know, the last of us part two or, or Harvey Birdman attorney at law. Sure. Yeah. We did do that a little bit, but, um, it's fascinating. And CinemaCon has always been fascinating. And I, you know, I love the business of cinemas and I want them to succeed, but I want it to still be like, you know, I want them to care about, you know, the quality of the presentation and the experience overall which i'm sure there are a ton of theaters that do but here yeah but but there's a lot of there's a lot of theater like we've we've talked about this before you can go back and listen to many more recent podcasts but but we've been critical on places like cineplex because it has a monopoly basically in canada and there's not many options we have talked about landmark but landmark 
for the most part is a Western Canada um, sort of alternative. And yes, there are landmarks in the suburbs in the greater GTA and around the rest of Canada. Yeah, but there's not that many. And so I think having healthy competition is so important because like you look at Cineplex now and Cineplex, you know, has spread itself so thin with, you know, restaurants and gaming and, you know, putting its money elsewhere that it's lost sight in what is important and what is the basis of it. They tried to sell. So they wanted to get out of it. Yeah. Like in entirety. Right. They tried to sell to a, a European country and now they're being sued for all of that. So, um, or no, the other company wanted to back out and they're suing them. Right. Like, I don't know. It's, it's wild. But, Some legality. Um, yeah. yeah. CinemaCon. We'll see if the Spider-Man trailer drops. Uh, Eric, the eternal speaking in the MCU, we reviewed Shang-Chi guys, go check that out. Um, we just talked about Spider-Man trailer leaking the, uh, final Eternals trailer. Uh, dropped eric did this change your opinion i know we were both kind of excited for this because chloe Zhao is directing um there's all that we're people have joked about that you know she shot on location it's not all on a green screen or a sound stage kevin feige like finally that. realized that you that, could go outside yeah, yeah. <laughs> or there is an outside yeah yeah <laughs> so uh what were your thoughts uh on this final trailer we got a little bit more story we got a little bit more of the action um and, and also connections characters. to the mcu yeah. with references to thanos and and sort of like the idea like that's been the sort of the main narrative with the Eternals being a group of, you know, otherworldly gods, celestial beings that have been around on Earth for centuries. And the why question is, like, involved? why didn't they get involved with not only Thanos, but other sort of um, doomsday-esque plots from supervillains in the past? And in the trailer, I'm sure they'll go into specifics more so in the movie that they are not allowed to get involved in, in any way. They're, they're just simply watchers in the way that, that Jeffrey Wright is. And I think maybe, you know, Jeffrey Wright's character may make an appearance or might be referenced. Cause Um, it feels like that, like that character is referencing what the Eternals are saying in, um, in the trailer, what he says at the beginning of the episode but he's of what more if of a multiverse where they're on one earth, right. Or one right. universe, like, but it's still the same kind of idea where it's like, I can only, I can't watch. interfere. I can't, yeah. yeah I, I, I have to be a spectator. I like that idea. And I'm wondering if we'll see events in the MCU, um, whether, you know, one character being in New York during the first Avengers movie or someone, you know, during the Thanos thing, watching something on TV or, or, or different events in the MCU, like in, and explanations of, you know, them maybe wanting to get involved and then not, not ultimately getting involved or maybe secretly were involved throughout many things in history, which it seems like might be the case as well. Right. Even if they weren't supposed to be involved and maybe that's why someone's mad at them. I don't know. Which I'm Um, also a little nervous with because I mean, we talked about Shang-Chi and, and, and how, you know, there are some things it does a pretty good job. Like there are some things though, that when it comes to retconning, um, I, I get a little bit nervous with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it works when it comes to the, like the idea of time travel. But I think when, you know, you're trying to fit in new characters that might that have been there have been the cons- whole time that probably, considered beforehand. Yeah. And yeah. And, and you're putting them in sort of like, okay, they've always been around. And how do you do that with 
sort of, you know, revisiting certain moments within the mm-hmm. MCU. I just don't want it to feel shoehorned in. And 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 I and I still think that the main selling point of Eternals um is Chloe Zhao. I think mm-hmm. that that is is especially, you know, her coming off of the Rider and Nomadland and and now doing this. I'm I'm that is like my selling point for Oh, absolutely. And they finally the threw film. Academy Award winner Chloe Zhao on the trailer and stuff like that. So I'm I was thrilled with that. And it looks gorgeous. Like again, we we poke fun at the you're allowed to shoot and on location on an MCU movie. Um You can go outside. You don't have to stay in that same uh Atlanta-based uh, studio <laughs> yeah. that every every Marvel movie shoots in. Um the other thing I, I'd like to talk about that's not a, to do with the trailer, but um, you know, we we've been also talking about, you know, Marvel not taking risks with the posters and kind of creating the same like floating head montages yeah. for their final posters. Um, I didn't love the posters for Eternals because it, for the Eternals poster to me just looks like Eternals on the M. Night Shyamalan old beach. Um, sure, sure. But I do appreciate that it isn't just floating heads. Yeah, they're doing at least something different than what they've been doing since Iron Man, which I remember working at the cinemas when the Iron Man poster and you have the villain and you have the supporting characters, you have the city that they're in and you have the main character at the front. And it's, and it's a collage, right? Cause it's yeah. all going down. And it's strange because mm-hmm. I don't even think that's necessarily a Marvel thing. I think that was because when, when the Marvel movies were being released um, through Paramount, yeah. I remember Paramount was doing that a lot. Like they right. even did that with um, one of the posters for Star Trek. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just carried through. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of stayed with them and they still to this day like the shang chi trailer or poster and uh looks similar to like what they did with iron man back in the day and um and just thinking like fan like like companies like phantom city creative or midnight marauders like they're they're there like like they use I, them I, from time to time it's just like they don't not very often you get those groups or those artists to do like the main poster for a movie it's still marketing material so they still need to and there's probably a lot of politics in it too where you know contracts with you know your stars and their agents like there's probably things we don't even think about of like right like how big like someone's head has name is or their head yeah there probably is all of that bullshit dude where like i know it from the little time i worked in marketing i didn't work specifically in movie marketing and stuff like that but like there's so much random stuff like that and when you're dealing with egos and like you know not kurt russell though no but which name comes first in a project or who gets billed first or yeah who's the biggest on the poster and 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 stuff like that might come into play so you kind of have to you know not think artistically sometimes when you're making these things and you just go okay we got to sell this movie where's it takes place who's the cool costume who are the movie stars in it? Throw it so when someone's walking by in a movie theater, they go, "Ooh, I like that guy," or "I like that woman." Um, so, anyways. or I like that flying alien. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love Alf. I think that was really the only trailer that uh, dropped this past week, unless I'm missing something. Was there anything else? Oh well, there was the trailer. I don't know if you saw it for the new Denzel Washington movie with Michael B. Jordan, because I think the trailer premiered when you were at the cottage. Oh no, I didn't. Did you watch it? What I did, it? and it is hilariously awful. A um, journal for Jordan. That one. Yeah, and yeah. so Michael, A B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan plays um, 
uh, a soul. I think it's it's basically mm-hmm. like it's setting it up as a tragedy that Michael B. Jordan plays um, a soldier sent to war and he dies and he leaves behind these journals for uh, his wife and, and and unborn child to have. And it kind of is like this back and forth between him writing you know his story and and her reading them mm-hmm. um but there's like this line at the beginning where um him and this you know this this young woman you know they're they're starting their relationship and she's like oh you smell like oregano and it's just like it's hilarious and then at the end of the trailer and i've ne- i don't think i've ever heard this before but you know when you see like the um uh, the credits for the trailer like it gives like it gives you like the name of the company yeah. and the, like yeah. at the end of it it has um a voiceover and it sounds like it's 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 denzel washington but it sounds like he recorded it on his phone last minute and it's like this movie is only playing in theaters this fall no but it's not denzel to do that <laughs> oh yeah you need to watch it just for that I it's will, so yeah. bad we talk it's... about a good movie trailer voiceover is great like it's a well it's not even a voiceover trailer like it's literally like at the yeah, end you of you don't the have trailer. denzel going a journal for jordan <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, like it, it almost reminds you a little bit of like, um, you know, when they used to have at the end of trailers, it's like this movie has been rated yeah, R. It's yeah. kind of like that, but it's just Denzel Washington and the and the voiceover quality sounds like okay, um, what, like the morning that they were going to release the trailer online, it's like, <laughs> like uh, Denzel, we, we open didn't put recordings only in theaters. In your, yeah. can, can you get on your iPhone yeah. and, and, and record open this and say only app? in theaters yeah. this fall? And it's amazing. It's like okay. the worst thing. You, I almost feel like you should watch it now and then we I should mean, get I'll try your... to find it. Um, it's at the end of this trailer. I'll open yeah. it and uh, we can vamp as I open it and hopefully this doesn't break anything. But it I... is also a funny trailer because like a lot of people were saying it, it reminds them of like a Hallmark movie and it kind of does and it's a shame because like you think like you know the the collaboration between um denzel washington and And michael Michael b jordan Jordan is something to oh it's a sony movie i didn't even know yeah i um yeah i did miss this oh yeah it does look like a hallmark movie oh no (laughs) i'm skimming through it just watch the beginning part where she says that he smells like oregano, which okay. I'm sure Michael B. Jordan does smell great, but uh, it was just funny the way it just sort of plays out. Okay, I'm watching it. They're at dinner. They're smooching. They're smooching. There's a really corny song in the background. Like a re- You taste like oregano. Oh, it's even worse. Because <laughs> they're probably at an Italian restaurant, Eric, and there's oregano. Um, oh, God, this looks really bad. It's just like... I don't know. Americans love the army, eh? Um, directed by Denzel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. See it in movie theaters exclusively this fall. Like, yeah, it does sound like he re- opened the audio app on his um on his iPhone and uh, Or the voice uh, memo on, on his iPhone. Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. <laughs> oh god that's good that's that's great that is really, and i love really denzel good. but it just is so it, like it just that uh, it almost made me want to see the movie just based on that it's like it'd be amazing if that was in the film somewhere <laughs> god i hope so um is he he's not in the movie he just directed it no he just directed I, it, yeah. I skimmed over it and i'm like i, I didn't see him uh, pop up so i didn't realize that it was him. Uh, all right, that's trailer. I almost so. wish more movies would have that as well. Like, could you imagine like Gerard Butler at the end of like some millennium film being like, 
see this movie only in theaters. <laughs> yes, yeah. please. Um, on the news front, um, I'm just kind of skimming through and seeing. Well, we got anything. a lot of um Netflix uh, uh dates um in terms of the fall their their fall schedule, which I think is kind of interesting. That like you know from now until december and even into the early parts of 2022 um you can kind of gauge what films are going to be directly uh day and date streaming and then what films are only going to be playing well what films are going to play theatrically first for a couple of weeks yeah. and then going to be available on uh on netflix so something like jane campion's the power of the dog which is playing at tiff uh is getting a november <laughs> uh late november theatrical release and then at the beginning of december will be available on uh the streaming service okay cool love that love that i'm just kind of skimming through um what's happened yo i see that what you're saying here there's some images that came out from the power of the dog looking forward to it Reviewing that, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm season 11 uh, got a premiere date. Uh, it's going to premiere in October, or at least a premiere. It's premiering in October. I don't know if we have a specific date yet. And I saw a picture today of, um, oh, what's his name, who just had uh, kind of some surgeries and they didn't think he Richard would be Lewis. In, Richard Lewis, who they yeah. didn't think was going to be in this season, but he uh, tweeted out that he's going to be in at least one episode because he felt good enough. Uh, Larry David asked him if he felt okay enough to be in one episode. So um, that's great. I love Curb. Um, I think I'm all caught up. Nevis and I, I think. Um, have you watched the more recent seasons of Curb? I, no? I haven't watched it since um, the Seinfeld season. Oh, wow. So I like Curb just, Your Enthusiasm. It's but just, you're, it, yeah, you, I remember us having this discussion because I don't watch Seinfeld. and I've never I love Seinfeld. Seinfeld and... But I love Curb, so I really feel like I probably should watch Seinfeld at some point. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what you were mentioning, Netflix dropping some more release dates. So don't look, um, don't look back. Uh, or don't look up don't look up sorry thank you eric um the in theaters december 10th and on netflix on christmas eve on december 24th um so i mean i'm surprised that didn't show up at any festivals but uh, it still could though i i think that like if it were to show up given adam mckay's track track record it would be afi which would be yeah you're uh, right november because they all because Netflix is premiering uh, the Lin-Manuel Miranda movie, which uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, um, which is going to be played, which is, I think, the opening film of AFI. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Army of Thieves is coming out on um, Halloween. October 29th. Yeah. Yeah. Even though there's really no horror stuff in that film, apparently. Like, it's just a heist movie. It's just a heist movie, right? So we got a prequel to... Um, although it would be amazing if Zack Snyder re-edited as the Snyder cut of that version and put in like one sequence at the end that's a post-apocalyptic scene with all your favorite characters from Army of of the (laughs) Dead (laughs) oh man um try i'm just skimming through um and seeing what else i don't know there wasn't a lot of big announcements in the last little while i think it's our hundredth episode no one wants to give us some good juicy news to talk about well, we're also I guess kind the of Spider-Man on the trailer. yeah, and we're on the edge of you know the the summer movie season coming to a close, and you know the the fall film festival season about to start. So you'll probably get a lot more from us in the weeks to come when it when it pertains to both um, 
news and reviews although i mean reviews we've been very consistent but like i find like you'll you'll probably see you you probably see some stuff more next week like with the cinemacon stuff like maybe oh, there'll yeah. be more announcements and things i mean like cinemacon's that, always so. weird because like some of the stuff is just for them like they show a lot of footage like they used to do at hall h on top of trailers right so like the trailers we might get um but a lot of people skipped it this year too like disney's not doing anything i don't think warner brothers is maybe they no are, because but... i mean warner brothers is doing their dceu oh the, um, the dome the dome again i think yeah. they're doing that in october right um which, which will they'll probably, probably get another batman trailer and we'll some get... flash stuff and, yeah um yeah and then disney i mean they basically can do their own thing as well and and yeah and like you're even seeing that not with just CinemaCon, but uh comic con where you're seeing a lot of these major studios are now kind of going away from um you know th these sort of cons as a platform to release their films but then you're also seeing like smaller um companies like neon which is a part of CinemaCon, and they're i think on the last day yeah. and they're, they have like a major panel which is kind of interesting but do you think that's because some of the bigger guys stepped away? No, they like... they had it before. They've had yeah. it. They they like. Oh, they have. Yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, because yeah. I remember the one year they um they showed um Wild Rose right. uh, after, after doing their panel. It. Yeah, you know. So I almost feel like, in a way, the one sort of group of or, or grouping of studios that that CinemaCon actually might help uh, in the years to come are maybe these the smaller ones, indie yeah. companies. So like if a 24 and neon and Sony pictures classics, you know, kind of rallied together and, and were able to attend, you know, the, and, and focus features, like if they were able to attend these, these festivals and even smaller companies that we're not necessarily even thinking of, like, I almost think that that would be a benefit more to them in the coming years, even if they don't have the bigger films, a lot of those smaller movies, are those films that will carry out uh, box office wise for, for longer. Like mm -hmm. I think, you know, if, if a parasite does really well, like look at that movie in the before times, like that was, you know, we were, we were talking about like the film that has legs parasite was that movie that, you know, after winning the Oscar and after being released on Blu-ray and, and 4k and available on VOD was still playing in the theaters and playing to sold out crowds. So I, I almost feel like that's where exhibitors will really want or should, if they're smart, be putting their bets on because a lot of those yeah. studios are more adamant of, of showing their films theatrically first. Yeah. And speaking of that, Hotel Transylvania 4 moving to day and date, which we just joked about seeing the poster at Landmark last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we were like, oh, that probably should be one that goes day and date. And then, of course, because we – or no, wait, we saw at the Adams Family poster. Yeah, and then it? we – yeah, no, that was it, and and uh, we well, we also saw the poster for Antlers, which was dated right. like back in for like <laughs> yeah. April of uh, twenty twenty or something like that. So mm -hmm. we were look, we were joking. It's like that should be worth something on eBay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Cocaine Bear started shooting, and the which I'm weirdly excited about the incredible logo that's on the the film slate. Chris Miller posted on his uh, Instagram. Chris Miller. 
uh, of Phil Lord and Chris Miller because I guess they're producing it. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Banks directing. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's it's perfect for our kind of eighties inspired themed stuff that we're going for too. Um, it looks like a Black Canary movie is going to be uh, coming out on HBO Max. Um, so, it's in early development, though. Yeah. Uh, Misha Green was talking about it uh, recently, and she was saying that um, she's working with HBO Max. So it, it is, I guess, worth noting as well that when it comes to the DCEU stuff, they are really expanding the Gotham side of things. And I guess like Black Canary will be the closest thing to a continuation on the birds of prey um, storyline. Yeah. And, and, you know, with uh journey Smollett right now, kind of having, you know, uh, a bit of a, a bump with both Lovecraft uh, country and, 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 you know, with birds of prey, it, it, it kind of makes sense to, there was, there was a Netflix film. She was supposed to actually be in as well with um, Chris Hemsworth that I maybe got delayed till next year, which is like an Australian um sort of thriller with a weird name i think they changed it though i'm gonna look it up um so i mean i hope that uh it does well but i mean at the same time i think the film that a lot of fans do want if like not on hbo max obviously but like another dcu theatrical release is is the is either the gotham city sirens or yeah uh the poison ivy um harley quinn team up yeah because we are getting that um, Green Lantern series on HBO Max, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I I, I like I loved Birds of Prey. I even talked about on our Suicide Squad review that you know it was a toss up for me of what one I liked more. Um, but so I'm glad that they're kind of continuing that. I would love the Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, Gotham City Sirens kind of thing because I do think that you know, Margot Robbie crushes it in that role. And I think they should continue doing stuff with her, but it's just DC is an interesting spot where, you know, they're just kind of doing whatever. And I'm kind of open to it. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Just let people make cool movies and deal with the continuity later. If you really want things to, uh, tie in with one, uh, tie. In oh, this is like. really interesting. So the, the journey Smollett film mm -hmm. with, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller, um, is called Escape from Spiderhead, and right. the director is Joseph uh, Kaczynski. So I wonder right. if the delay because Top it's, Gun it is because of Top Gun. Mm -hmm. Do you, well, I guess maybe post production stuff. But well, it says it's in post production, but it's also right. on. You know that um, that Netflix uh, video they released at the beginning of the year and saying like all the films that they have coming the out two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they're. <laughs> or 2020 <laughs> 20 years ago uh, i was supposed to come out 20 years ago uh no uh, uh for 2021 and um yeah so maybe that is because he maybe wanted top gun to come out first i don't know yeah um dune is two hours and 35 minutes confirmed which is actually like even though that's still long that's shorter than i thought it would be I okay. thought it was going to be nearly three hours, like three hours on the dot or even yeah. maybe over three hours, because um, for those who haven't read Frank Herbert's book, it's it's it is a tomb of a, a and he is splitting it up into two parts. Right? Well, he he but... even said that recently he wanted to um, do a third do, part, Dune right? Messiah, which yeah. is like In itself gigantic the, or what? Well, no, it's bizarre. Or, like that is oh, truly yeah. the most bizarre book of of 
all of Frank Herbert's writing. And um, okay. I think also we should take a moment to reveal that Untitled Movie Podcast is actually Denny Villeneuve's uh, Twitter account. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> it's been a, this show whole show has been a ruse the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's Dennis Villanueva. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did laugh. I don't know if you saw. There is a fake account now that is like Denny Velnov's uh, account, account. <laughs> and, he, and it burner and, and it has just like a fake mustache on Denny Velnov. Incredible! People are amazing. Yeah, I really want to know. Like he was film crit Hulk all the whole time, <laughs> like something like that. It was just like, oh man, how would we have ever guessed? I'm sure it's just some egg account where yeah, like, some spam account. Um, I hope it's something ridiculous and amazing. Or it was Denny Villanueva. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, that is great. That's rich. That is rich. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else, Eric. I think that's pretty much it. Um, when it comes to news this past week. No one I, uh, I've got some news goods. for you. I renewed my uh, my driver's license and health card. Okay. It, they were both going to expire uh, in October this year because I've had Incredible. my driver's license for over five years. So right, I had right. to uh, renew that. And same with the health card. Uh, spent $90 on that. Mine's all expired too, but like. Uh, uh, adulting. Um, I, I also. With the re- health card thing, you don't even have to do it right now because of everything. Like they're, they'll just take an expired health card. I got a question for you. Do you ever go back and watch something? specifically television but even movies as well and maybe you've seen it a bunch of times or you 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 know it well enough so you're maybe not paying attention to what's going on necessarily in the plot um but you become distracted by what's in the background especially if it's a show that is somewhat dated or of a a different decade um i i bring this up because (laughs) So uh, the other day I was, I was looking after um, uh, my dogs and I threw on an old episode of, of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And like, it's this emotional episode. I saw where... some people tweeting today that like Sarah Michelle Geller is as old as Anthony, Anthony uh, Stewart head, yeah. who now is probably best known for playing uh, the former owner on uh, uh, Ted uh, Lasso. There's the great oh, dart scene. Right, That's him. you brought that up. Yeah, you yeah. brought that up when we talked about. Yeah, Ted and Lasso. that is insane because, like, what, did it's he look also... hella old or something? Is no, 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 no. I mean, like, he he was 43 when the series started, around that age. Um, but it's also weird when you go back and watch a show like that, and you see like characters and the actors that are actually in their late teens and you still think that you're older than them or younger than them um but there was a scene i was watching and it's a scene the context of the scene or the setup of the scene is that um david boreanis's angel character has been turned to the dark side and they're (laughs) fighting in a movie theater okay because she's just blown up this demon called the judge played by brian thompson i know it yeah but but no but the thing so the fight is between these two and it's at an amc movie theater and like it's kind of like a half-assed set of amc okay. like they have like this the, so they the built AMC an amc sim- set but like yeah or not. like the exterior in a mall because right. it takes place in a mall but it's a mall movie theater but like you can tell it's not a real movie theater or like it's not a real mall like it's just a facade yeah but they also put up posters and okay. like it's very telling of the period and the po- the two posters i kept staring at the fucking posters because it was i always do that whenever is this yeah. your question is that yes i do yeah. that all the time yeah because it was fallen with denzel washington which 
a lot of people don't really remember. It's a, it's basically like a body swapping horror movie with uh, a serial killer going from one body to the, to another and Denzel Washington's detective having to stop him. And then the other movie, I don't know if you remember as a kid watching it is a uh, quest for Camelot with the two, like the, the, the dragons with the two heads. Okay. And I just kept staring at these posters and I just couldn't not like, I didn't care about anything else. I was just like, cause it is a Warner brothers production. And I was like, these are sure. the two posters. Oh, I do know quest for, for Camelot. Show? I do yeah. know quest for Camelot. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. I do that all the time. Um, the most recent example I have, which is again, very niche uh, at landmark cinemas. Do you remember when they, uh, they, before they did this big rebrand where they have the, dun, 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 and they do like, we're Are about- you talking about takers. Yes. takers. <laughs> it was, it was the takers poster always threw me off in that thing. Cause you have like Indiana Jones, you know, uh, five or four or whatever the hell. But then they also like. had the portrait of, um, of, of Dorian Gray, which yeah. was a film that never got a theatrical release in North America. It was so weird, dude. And they had that thing for, ever like up until like two years ago it felt like they had it and like i worked at the i i, I know i've brought this up three times like on this show but i worked at you know cineplex in oshawa when takers came out in 2010 so i'm very familiar with the takers poster and we should do a um, review like a retro review of maybe takers. sure r.i.p um uh paul walker um i just i that so if people to give context to people, so before a landmark cinema is showing here in Canada for the longest time, what felt like from 2011 up until 2019, um, you got this like now feature presentation kind of thing. And they would go through this really badly animated, like, you know, thing with movie posters in the background where it's just, you know, a, you know, a JPEG of a movie poster put into a box kind of thing. And they would go across and there, it, it was all stuff from like 2010. <laughs> and it was just, it's, <laughs> it was the there. most random and selection like, of movies. Cause Indiana Jones and uh, the, I think they had red skull. as well. Yeah. Red was there. Uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, crystal skull was in there. The takers poster. And it was the blue one though, because they're, I'm looking at the one. On yeah. Wikipedia, it's where they're all wearing like, like fedoras suits and fedoras. <laughs> and they're just, uh, they're chilling there, and I. You and then the portrait see... of Dar- uh, Dorian Gray with yeah. Ben Barnes. Type that in and look that up. And I always thought that was the weirdest one, but the Takers was always the funniest. Yeah, it's and the Takers one is where my eye went to every time, every time. I think um, it was the only time that that movie had eyes on it. <laughs> I know, and you can tell we're killing time because the CinemaCon uh, panel started, and uh, Brendan Davis uh, posted uh get ready in all caps or whatever so like i really do feel like it's coming eric and i'm like do we keep procrastinating yes to just yes see Matt. If yes it we do so literally someone said uh here goes sony um ladies and gentlemen the presentation is about to begin uh they say do not use record do not record anything yada 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 so classic like panel kind of thing so you know what eric and i are just gonna fucking kill time until uh you know this trailer probably drops and we'll be two hours and 30 minutes into this podcast and um I, 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 here's the thing with a video podcast now too um if we just watch something <laughs> i should put it on the screen for everyone we should maybe one thing we start doing is like trailer you know analysis or reactions for stuff and we should do not like the not just like the marvel stuff and things like that which everyone does we should do it for like 
you know, Oscar movies and like, like reactions Dear Evan, to like, Dear yeah. Evan Hansen yeah, trailer, trailer reaction. reactions. The only like thing that. I ask, and I don't mean this as an, as a criticism to anybody that does it because, you know, do your own thing. I, I get that, you know, you're, you're, you're promoting yourself as much as you're promoting um, what you're talking about. But the one thing I do not like, what? I'm not the biggest fan of when um, YouTubers or any kind of commentators put themselves on the thumbnail i do not like that i yeah i it, you don't want it, that it, it just bothers me because too it's late like, i've already taken 47 screenshots of you during this and great I'm just use it um i just don't like that because it, i i feel like it's it, you're making it about you and like again i understand that it's weirdly it's i know there's opinion. a reason for that where it's like you know analytics of like when you put a thumbnail like that, more people click on it. So like, unfortunately I think that's why a lot of people do it because that just ended up being like the YouTube thing. Now it's just like something so shocking happened that you need to like, everyone does it. I'm not going to do it for our stuff. I'm just going to keep it the templated thing that I showed you that, you know, you probably saw when you clicked on this video, if you're watching it on, um on on youtube but if you're still um, watching (laughs) we're gonna make this shit longer than most but then denny villanova dennis villanova's dune um i don't know if we'll go 235 we might go 235 it's the 100th episode why not i still gotta post all this stuff here's a little inside baseball we're pretty much done the show we're just hanging out this is almost like a post show now um we have lots of other podcasts everyone if you're listening and if you've listened this long we got some reviews up. We got a Shang-Chi review up. We got a Paw Patrol review up. We got a Nighthouse review up. We've got reviews up the wazoo. Anything you want, we probably have a review for it. Two hundred, And we're going to have many, many more yeah. coming up with TIFF because, boy, oh, boy, we already have some stuff kind of scheduled that we're going to be seeing in the couple coming of weeks. I don't know what I'm talking about now. I'm kind of Tiff's going to really be cool, burnt man. Out, but, I, we yeah. have some stuff that we've already confirmed that we will see before the festival, which is awesome. I mean, it looks like in that Tiff welcome email that we got, like the embargoes for the festival, like this is going to be weird. If we see things not through the fest, if we see them through the distributor, I assume the distributor sets the embargo dates like because on the tiff email we got it says the embargo for all of the movies is the first screening public screening of a movie i think uh like you can't post anything or post your review until but what happens if it's a film that plays at like say venice first it's that's what the email said like if we watch it through the press thing like their thing it seems like that's what the the situation is but um i'm not entirely sure about that I, i'll always you know basically side with what the distributor says if they go oh yeah you can post your review here or whatever then that should be fine um do you actually think the spider-man trailer is going to drop it has to right i think that if the tr- if that leak didn't happen maybe not but because that it it did um i think that they'd be wise to just do it at this point you might as well i think so so i think the next half an hour of this video should just be me and you like kicking up sitting here in silence you got any other food that you want to try uh i almost drank this coke zero um if people haven't had um now that we have a video podcast i can actually have props and stuff where i can show people what i'm eating and drinking be a real gallagher um i'm having this peach aha which is a soda water beverage 
No uh, wonder you always have to go to the bathroom. I like you're drinking drink all the Shout time. Shout out to Tim Gettys because we talked about this a little bit when he was on the episode. Uh, he is also uh, a frequent. I just I I love drinking liquids. things liquids like i just and <laughs> I it, love it, to be it burns me like this liquids. this might be tmi for people maybe people there if you're around at the two hour and 12 mark you're you like listening to us um there, I had to, if you I had to are go to the at bathroom. this time you're you're weird <laughs> i had to go to the bathroom uh three times during shang chi today and i was so mad at myself but i'm like Matt, don't drink the liter of coffee before the movie. Don't drink another liter of water while you're drinking the movie. But the thing is, like, my mouth gets so dry sometimes. And I think it's my anxiety and shit, especially with, you know, everything going on right now. And when I leave the house, like, I'm wearing a mask, I'm, you know, things like that. When my mind it's is also extremely hot today as well. When so. my mind is occupied, this shit doesn't bother me. But, like, when I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about things and I'm watching this movie and my mouth starts to get dry and I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm like, have to constantly be <laughs> drinking water because my mouth is dry. And then I have to go pee 8 million times and I'm like sprinting to the bathroom because I don't want to miss anything. And I missed a cool, like, uh, scene with Tony Leung and, like, I just, I, it was so mad, man. I go to the bathroom so often and like during suicide squad, I had to go a couple times too. And I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, I should hear stop. me out, Matt. Maybe we should patent the first ever, uh, can't, potty, I can't do that. No, I can't potty, <laughs> potty seat, pissy, uh, shitty, <laughs> pissy, pissy, shitty seat, uh, theater experience yeah, all yeah. in one dump and no, piss no, while watching yeah. a movie. I mean, if I really want that, I should just be watching stuff at home really. Cause you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, but Wait, you pissing shit on a, on your seat. I mean, you could watch a movie from your phone on the toilet. Oh, okay. Could. I thought you were like defecating on your yeah, just couch. shit on the, <laughs> shit on the floor. <laughs> Matt, uh, you live here. <laughs> God, are we really gonna get this or not? Um, so some people are like, I've never heard of CinemaCon until a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, no, no, no. Every year, CinemaCon is like uh comic con for you know but again for... that goes to show you that like we're in this bubble that yeah. you know we i mean we're not insiders or, or or we know about it because we're obsessed with movies but when you're talking to you know a mainstream movie goer who's just interested in you know one or two movies a year and maybe one of them is a spider-man film you know this this is big news to them and this is the dis a discovery and yes to us it's like you know this is you know this is a yearly occurrence yeah it's just that it's earlier it's later this year than it than it than it's <laughs> usually right yeah. like because it takes place in in what april may um usually I yeah i think so i think we should probably <laughs> And then if a Spider-Man trailer drops, like I, I don't see the point of, uh, I think it's funny that we're just sitting here waiting, um, but we're at the two hour 15 mark. I got to still, you know, get everything up for everyone. I know people were very supportive today. Thank you everyone for listening um, and watching. Watch um, as soon as we finish the trailer comes up. If that happens, if you're listening to this and there's no attachment to this episode or a second mini episode that just talks about the spider-man trailer that means no spider-man trailer dropped um if a spider-man trailer dropped we'll probably add a segment like as i'm editing this together maybe that'll be we'll... bonus for youtube only yeah maybe we'll do a little mini youtube uh video podcast that we won't necessarily post on podcast services as like an exclusive youtube 
trailer reaction kind of thing um, or analysis kind of thing. Cause I, I just see, I think this is a great episode. I had so much fun reminiscing with you, Eric, talking about our careers and how we got to, you know, three years of this show and a hundred episodes and 250 plus reviews. And we talked about a lot of other fun stuff and food and garbage, but um, the Spider-Man trailer, I do have a feeling right when I hit stop, it's going to be like, here you go, everybody. Um, <laughs> but that'll just be Bone sauce, anyway. ready. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. I just want to say uh, thank you to Eric. Uh, thank you to everyone um, who's watched or now, uh, sorry, who's listened or now is watching. Uh, if you've lasted this long and again, amazing. I'm why? sure no one, if you're here, maybe you skip to the end. Uh, if you watch the whole thing or listen to the whole thing, uh, we really do appreciate it. I hope we brought you some sort of entertainment or insightfulness or I don't know, something to fall asleep to, <laughs> um, which is probably the case. Um, but just thank you. Cause a hundred episodes, it might seem silly, uh, but it's a big deal, even though it's just another episode of the show. Like it's just, I think it was timed at the perfect time where it was literally on almost the dot. Um, our three-year anniversary, we're leading into TIFF, which is our busiest time of the year. Uh, Shang-Chi dropped the embargo today as we're posting this episode. So it was we're just waiting like for this stupid Spider-Man, Spider-Man trailer, trailer um, <laughs> which we've already talked about on the show in a leaked kind of way. And um, I'm going to like, I'm like, now do I title the episode Spider-Man trailer leak when by the time we post this, the trailer might actually be out. So we'll see. Um, but thank you everyone. Uh, if you like this and you've lasted this long, we have a couple other shows that I mentioned untitled movie reviews and untitled movie conversations. You can get all of our shows right here on the untitled uh, YouTube channel. So please like comment, share, subscribe, uh, go on all your friends, YouTube accounts, create multiple YouTube accounts, just hit subscribe, whatever. Tell um, Denny uh, Villanueva to create you know, a, a YouTube yeah, account. And subscribe to us. <laughs> um, love to talk to him again. I'll compliment his shoes this time. Um, yeah, it's something new. Like we said, it might not be perfect. We're still learning. Eric and I are new to this. I'm kind of like, I know sort of the ins and outs of it, but like, please be patient. If things aren't like perfect, we're, we're trying our best. And, um, I'm just, having if, if you are a true fan, you'll know that this is far from perfect. Um, if you're new to this, buckle up. <laughs> it's just, it's just two best friends talking about movies for way too long on this show. And then we review them over on another channel, which you can get all those reviews right here on YouTube. You can get them on podcast services. Uh, please go subscribe on both. We'd really, really appreciate it. Drop us a review. If you would be so kind. We're um, on, uh, we're, we're, you know, audio now video next. I'm hoping for an right NFT. In your brain. Oh, and we want to do an NFT. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just still don't know exactly what it is, but I don't either. Uh, <laughs> I don't like, apparently it sells for it's money. Di- it's digital art essentially. And you get yeah. a certificate that says not just art, but art is a big part of it. Anyways. Thank you all for listening. Happy uh, hundred, Eric. Um, I really love doing this with you, buddy. It's been uh, amazing, and ten years of friendship as well, which is, uh, I think, another incredible milestone. So um, we did it. You did it. Uh, thank you, everyone. As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com, and you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. A hundred percent.